Aussie Aussie was might as well just kept himself in Australia. Um, but um, Aussie Aussie. Oh, oh, get him out. Get him out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Walker Kelly. And Mike Valverde, and unlike Jamal Williams on Hard Knocks, I promise my voice will not crack today. <laughs> I haven't I, seen I, that episode yet. I need to I see that. What did you say, Walker? I can't promise that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Mike, about what did you say, Walk? About two thirds of the way through the episode, he's given this big impassioned speech about like, you know, our record last year is not who we are, and when I'm tired, I look back at that record because that's not who I want to be. And like halfway through, he's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real bad. Yeah, that's hilarious. He's uh, like, I get emotional because I care about y'all. Yeah. But um, what's funny is I expected to watch that episode of Hard Knocks thinking that I was going to run through a wall for Dan Campbell. But I'll run through a wall for Jamal Williams before Dan Campbell. Like his voice might have cracked, but he had some freaking passion. Did you guys did you guys see um, just speaking of Dan Campbell? um the where Dan Campbell puts a um he's talking to fans and one of the fans asks him to say hi for him for TJ Hawkinson. So he goes to TJ Hawkinson and he says, Hey, you have a fan out there, and then TJ Hawkinson gets on camera and is like, Hey, you know, I did see that, yeah. Was, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh it was very nice to TJ Hawkinson. So um Walker, any other thoughts about the Lions on uh, Hard Knocks? I don't have HBO. Oh, so I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. All right. I just Uh, knew what you were talking about from the Jamal Williams clip, but. FBI, do not listen. FBI, do not listen. I might be able to get you some login information. FBI, do not listen. That's what I was going to say. I'll hook you up. Yeah. No, we won't, Mike. FBI, do not listen. Uh, Allegedly, we might have a login information for you parody. Parody, parody in the game. FNL. That's what I said. In, In the game. In the game. In the game. All right. So what we're going to do today is we're going to finish up our AFC and NFC East previews. A few housekeeping notes before we get this party started. Um, The draft kit is out. The second iteration of the draft kit is out, which is now up to 171 player profiles. Nice round number. Well, what happened was is I I did it and I was like, well, I want to write about these guys. And I was like, oh, that's 11. It's like, "Mm, all right, 171. But effectively, it's 170 because one of them's Tim Patrick. So, oh, yeah, good point. I guess it evens out. Um, so that's available seven bucks uh, to footballabsurdity at gmail.com. I'll email off a copy of it to you. It gets updated every Tuesday by noon Pacific. Um, you can also get it if you're a patron uh, where you can also get every single episode of this podcast. Uh, folks that have signed up for the um draft kit offering we hope they stick around uh david r luke f tyrone j michael m kiko d richard p and doug kiko i remember you signed up last year so uh welcome back uh you can check us out on twitch twitch.tv slash football absurdity uh um i almost said walker walker's not on waleed is first three letters are the same waleed and evan are doing live streams every weekend of drafts and uh, it's a lot of fun. They usually fill it up with people from our discord. So we usually get, uh, you know, people from the discord in the chat and in the draft and 
Uh, you can uh, check out the Discord as well at tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. The Twitter is at fballabsurdity. Walker is at Big Daddy Dricks. Mike is RFL Red Zone. I am Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. And if you follow me this weekend, you will see dispatches from the Fantasy Football Expo, where I will be going solo. So we'll see how that goes. Um, oh, no one's going. Oh, that sucks. Uh, Waleed's, uh, Waleed uh, couldn't go this time, so I will be going solo. So, all right, let's finish up these. Maybe these next eight. year I'll end up going. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> maybe COVID will be over by then. Hopefully. So or let's get down to some manageable level. Let's get this AFC, EFC, AF, EFC, uh, uh, Eastern football, football Conference. Eastern Football Conference. Uh, AFC and NFC East. Uh, division previews done. This is going to be our last division previews. But first, uh, Walker uh, called me frantically and said, Jeff, 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 we need to talk about these four running backs. We have to do it. We have to do it. Uh, yeah, that, that was it. How come Actually, you can what, call me? I feel left out now. What, what, uh, you know what? You guys are having fun. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in control of the show sheet. That's why. Um, actually what happened was Walker sent us a message in the group chat. I responded, but did not hit send. And then a few hours later, I was like, why did Walker just ignoring me? And I look, I was like, oh, I didn't actually send this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Walker, why don't you take over? These were four, four guys that you wanted to talk about. And we have to talk about them at ADP because I mean, I'll take Saquon Barkley over JD McKissick. Well, yeah. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the four guys that I picked out from this group of uh, of AFC and NFC East running backs were um, Chase Edmonds, who is going at ADP RB34. Uh, he is my RB26. Uh, Brees Hall, ADP RB21. He is my RB13. Uh, Saquon Barkley, RB, ADP RB14. He is my RB5. And... J.D. McKissick, ADP, RB49. He is my RB39. So we'll call this pick your poison. Guys Walker likes more than everyone else. Basically. All right. All right. All right. So we've got, let me recap that. Saquon at 13. So we won't say Walker's ranks. Uh, Saquon at 13. Brees at 21. Edmonds at 34. McKissick at 49. Walker, you went over the guys that you're higher on, but who... Who at your ADP do you think is the biggest steal? So I guess the biggest delta between uh, where they're going and where you have them valued. Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that Barkley is the play here because he offers the biggest upside. You know, if you're if I'm right about Saquon Barkley, um, he could be a league winner for you because you can get him in the middle of the second round right now. And he is, in my opinion, a mid to late first round talent. So uh, I, I think that that's your that that's your your probably your biggest impact player. Um, the best value though is probably, I mean, I have McKissick as the farthest ahead of ADP, but I would say Hall because mm-hmm. going from a low tier RB two to a fringe RB one where I have him ranked. Um, that's a really big jump. I mean, he's going in like the early RB dead zone area. And I think that he's pretty significantly better than that as a fantasy asset. Yeah. I have to agree with the Brees Hall being the, the one that, that I'm most likely to narrow in on in terms of value versus, uh, cost to draft. And actually Walker, if you look on, 
uh, four for four, uh, Saquon is an even better value because his composite ADP is 211. So it's possible that uh, you could start your draft with Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry or Austin Eckler and then come back and get Saquon Barkley as your RB2. Yeah, and then you don't have to draft another running back until like J.D. McKissick in the 10th round. Or uh, Brees Hall in the top of the 5th round, where that's his ADP. <laughs> so you can three running backs, wait, and then, on, or, and then on the comeback, get a fourth one. Yep. So that's that's uh, ultra RB. So Mike uh, Saquon at 13, uh, running back 13, Brees Hall running back 21, Edmonds running back 34, McKissick running back 49. Who who is your poison here? Who are you picking? Uh, in what way? So like I think all these guys are are um, where I would put them in my rankings. Okay. Uh, so. If I if I have to pick someone, I want to go with a player that has lesser value that I think can have more room to take off. Uh, you know, a lot more ceiling. Barkley at thirteen doesn't have much ceiling. He's either going to be thirteen or ten or nine. That's not going to do much for me. Um, so I would go Chase Edmonds at thirty-four. I think if anybody's going to jump a big spot, it would be Chase Edmonds um, over any over Hall. Hall could be a wide running back 15. I don't think he's going to be any more than that. As I mentioned, Barkley's probably ceiling is an RB8. But Chase Edmonds could be an RB18, um, if not higher. Health, uh, how he's being utilized in this offense. But unfortunately, Edmonds also has a low floor, um, depending on use and health and everything else. He could be an RB55, 60 by the end of this season. Okay. All right. Cool. Sounds good. Um, let's uh, let's get into the news, and then there's more that I want. I think we all want to say about these running backs, but we're going to cover them more in depth uh, as we get into the AFC and NFC East. But first, the news. Uh, most importantly, and what we're going to spend the bulk of the episode on: uh, Raiders 27, Jags 11. Um, who who wants to get into the details? Uh, Walker, uh, former uh, Lion. Uh, where did he go? Uh, Bo Ben Schwazel. Or bench bench away. Are you going to go with Amir Abdullah? Yeah. Bo no, Ben Bo- Shawl. Ben Bo Bo Ben Shawl had uh, 18 pass blocking snaps with no pressures allowed. So what does this mean? Stop. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is everybody overreacted about Josh Jacobs. That's the only thing that matters. Uh, he played. Um, new coaching staff trying to figure out what they got. I'm not worried about it. I'm also not worried about it. I I don't think there's any reason to overreact to this. Mike. Why do we continue to overreact about Josh Jacobs? We know who he is, but every year there's always some reason to say he's not an RB 14. He's an RB 23. Um, and again, this year we're going to be doing the same thing. Oh, it's his contract. Um, oh, it's Amir White. Oh, you know, Josh Jacobs is injury history. Oh, no, the guy is an RB 14. Just leave it alone. Yeah, um, it's best ball brain. It's DFS brain. He's not this sexy upside play. He and David Montgomery, every year we try to find reasons to not like them. And every year they just like solidly return value and are just good at what they do. And, you know, punch in, punch out and and give you, you know, RB15 to RB20 every week. And that's for DFS brain and best ball brain. That's not sexy. That's a wasted pick for them. Yep. So they push them all the way down in ADP mm-hmm. and 
good for us. Keep yeah. pushing them down. I'll take it. Yeah, that, it's a completely different game trying to play uh, um, DFS or best ball versus uh, redraft. And uh, are we excited for uh, Josh Jacobs' three forced missed tackles on five rush attempts? Yes, I found a PFF page for this game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go. No. All right. Uh, one last thing. Uh, I went from, from looking at PFF stats to the least statistically sound thing possible. Hearing, I, I tweeted this out, but the way that Chris Collinsworth said Zamir White sounded so natural and so NFL-like that I think Zamir White's going to be around for a while. Like, it, it, like something in my brain, I was like, yeah, that sounds right. I can picture him in like two years talking about Zamir White. This is a guy who can break off, you know, blah, 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 blah. So uh, I moved him up like 10 spots. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but um, we'll... One piece of news I forgot to put in here, uh, but we'll uh, we'll talk about it. There might have been a little moving and shaking in the uh, the Jacksonville running back uh, uh, rankings for me. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, really? ETN? No. I moved, I moved up James Robinson. To Holy, a, it's about time. To a particular spot. We'll find out what it is. But first, let's talk about the news. Uh, we're going to run down. These are kind of the most uh fantasy relevant news items from the last time we talked uh guess edwards is probably doubtful for week one and jk dobbins is activated from the pup um this is kind of what we expected this is what things were going towards because they were saying jk dobbins is going towards being activated and gus edwards isn't so in the update date to the draft kit i said guess edwards was always a, a speculative play just punt him from your your draft board entirely um walker what are your thoughts on that yeah, I'm not taking Gus Edwards now. Um, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be out. We don't know how long he's going to continue to be hampered by his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what his role will be consistently. So, yeah, I'm I'm not taking Gus Edwards right now. All right. Uh, Chicago, Byron Pringle, Valus Jones, and Nikhil Harry are all hurt. Who cares? They're all bad. Chris Emma says there will be more of a, t- a share in the Bears' backfield. I think this is going to be one of those things where um, there will be a share, but it's also where the running back pie will grow. So it's like, oh, no, David Montgomery will get 15 of the 23 Bears touch, Bears running back to touches instead of 15 of 20. I think that's all that's going to happen is is the pie is going to grow. So it'll be more of a share. Uh, anything different there from Chicago for either of you? Just hop in if you want to say something, because otherwise I'm just going to buzz through this. I, I still I don't think Nikhil Harry is adaptable, but I do want to see what he does in a new environment. Well, he's not going to do much right now because he seems to have a pretty decent injury that might cost him, I think, week one at least. Yeah. So well, still, I still want to see how he does, regardless. Yeah, like I me said, too. He's not draftable, but I want to see what he does. All right. So Kareem Hunt had the world's shortest hold-in. Uh, he was like, hey, I want a new contract. And the Browns went, no. He said, hey, I want to get traded. And the Browns said, no. And then he went to practice. <laughs> And it's funny, and this was pointed out on the Around the NFL podcast. I listed names here. Zeke, Henry, Mixon, CMC, Saquon, Eckler, Hunt, Kamara, and Jones. What do you what do you two think that, that what I'm listing there? It's in that order. Age. Walker. I was gonna guess the highest paid running backs. Yes, the highest cap hits in twenty twenty two. He is the eighth highest paid running back this year, and he was doing a hold in. Stop it. He was doing a hold-in after this Deshaun Watson stuff dropped. And it's like, Kareem, we got more important things to deal with, man. Just just go away. So, uh, world's shor- shortest hold-in. Uh, Denver, 
Javante and Melvin Gordon are on a quote pitch count, which is a um, a metaphor that I hate because snap count is literally a football term. <laughs> it's literally it's a, a term. Pitch count. Yeah, and it's then snap count. Yeah, snap count. Melvin Gordon hurt his foot uh, today in practice. Everybody, uh, the you can't predict injuries. Twitter bre- breathing a sigh of relief because it's justifying their Javante Williams draft round. That's all that's happening right now. But Nathaniel Hackett's not concerned about it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of like bumps and bruises and people missing practice where the coaches are like, yeah, it's not. We just don't want him to uh, get worse. But uh, how? I'm going to ask you both a question. How can we justify taking Javante Williams where he's going right now with this pitch count news and this split backfield news and this 55-45 news? It's uh, Javante Williams is RB10 off the board, pick 20. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, how can you justify it you can't that's really dumb don't do that don't do that to yourself yeah that's that really feels like uh it's uh everybody getting super excited and it's like um i heard the case for javante williams being oh it's he'll start the year in a 50 50 split and in the second half of the year uh you know it'll be like 70 30 it's like cool man that's not somebody you take in the top 10 at the position yeah. yeah, that's that's where you're taking like, uh, you know, back end RB two like 17 to 20, like your uh, um, like your Travis Etienne range. Yeah, uh, I've got Williams at 17 right above Travis Etienne. Yeah, I've got him at 16. So it's like, yeah, that's where you're taking the guy like that. So um, not in the top 10. All right. Um, Romeo Dubs hype uh, quote prominent role early by Peter King and me and Jason McCordy uh collaborated talking about this on good morning football this week uh <laughs> your, your tweet got on there yeah yeah my tweets got up there i'm not falling for it we saw this with jared Aberderis. we saw this with jeff janice we saw this with um equinomania st brown we saw this with geronimo allison we saw this with uh, jake kumaro what's that jamon moore reggie begleton yeah reggie begleton jamon moore we see this every year what'd you say mike I want to get a bagel now. Yeah, Bageltown, baby. <laughs> Reggie Bageltown. <laughs> Reggie Bageltown. Um, so does this report, because one of the things people are saying is different is Aaron Rodgers is hyping them up, which I'd like to say he said that Jake Kumara was the second best wide receiver on the Packers. So that's not particularly different. But is this hype something that either one of you are interested in because of how wide open the Packers wide receiver room is? Um. I mean, I think that Dubs, he has better draft capital than just about all of those other guys. Yeah. And the receiver room is more wide open than it has been in the past. So while I don't expect Dubs to immediately be like a stud year one, um, he's a guy that I might be interested in taking with like my last round pick or something. Uh, Mike? Why why are we so excited about Romeo Dubs and not so excited about I don't know Velas Jones? Um, yeah, <laughs> but both have the same kind of pathway to success. So um, because Mike, you don't understand. Somebody has to be good in Green Bay, and nobody can be good in Chicago. That's how this works. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it won't be a situation where like four different guys can have 700 to 800 yards, and they're mostly unhelpful for fantasy. That just can't happen. So, yeah. all right. Houston, uh, Nico Collins is the clear number two, and they traded for Adam Shaheen. Uh, I don't think either of these matter for Nico Collins or Adam Shaheen. But the reason I put them in the notes is if something happens to Brandon Cooks, we have a clear number two here. I think Nico Collins is priority. And Adam Shaheen does make me worried about this Brevin Jordan breakout. I think I might be 
being a worry war about Revan Jordan because everything I hear makes me want to go, eh, maybe not. So um, does this make us pump our brakes on uh, on Revan Jordan at all? Not for Jordan. me. Jordan's not in my top 25 tight ends. All what right. the hell? He's not in mine. The quarterback is there? Davis Mills is the quarterback there. How can you have a tight end 25 with Brevin Jordan when Davis Mills is the quarterback? Just with the with the shocked reaction. <laughs> oh, all right. So Mike made his impassioned plea for Davis Mills. That's right. All right. Mike, Alec Pierce has been with the starters from day one per Zach Keeper Kiefer of the Athletic. Um I have a comment on this. Is who, it who else would be? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Pascal? He's no, Pascal he's not on the team. Not there. He's Paris not, Campbell. Their, their third best, their third best outside receiver is Ashton Doolin. Of course, Ashton Alec Doolin? Pierce. Doolin. Of course, of course, Alec Pierce is running with the starters. Doolin, the Doolin. All right, fine. Uh, James Robinson is at camp. He's doing stuff. He's running in straight lines. He's existing as a football player. So I have moved him up to RB sixty nine. I'm guessing. No, I wanted to do yeah. RB69, but uh, I, the actual rank is R, he's RB50 for me now. Mm. I still don't trust what Hello. he's going to look like, but uh, he's in a draftable range for me now, which is Hello. a huge jump. No, it's not. Yes. Yeah, I have him as 42. So there you go. I have him as 35. Ridiculous. <laughs> Get out of here. So I'm, 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 I'm out of here james i'm the, re- I'm the reasonable party. happy medium that's right <laughs> all right um uh walker i'm turning yeah. this one over to you okay it is in kansas city isaiah pacheco season let's go okay <laughs> so this guy rules uh <laughs> i've been I, I have liked him since he was a sophomore at rutgers uh so i'm really really glad that he is actually in a situation where he can show his talent and not at rutgers um they completely wasted him. He had 3.9 yards per carry at Rutgers. That's how bad their offensive line was because he was consistently popping off the screen to get three yards. It it was so <laughs> bad. Um, he he was just completely wasted. But uh, yeah, in Kansas City, he's got a he he's got you know he's found a system where it really fits his skill set. He's a quick one cut aggressive runner with some speed. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not the strongest, biggest, most wiggly guy in the world, but he is good at setting people up. He's good at running past people. He runs hard. He runs through arm tackles, uh, and he's a good uh, good pass catcher out of the backfield. So I think that there's definitely opportunities in this backfield for him. Um, I can't at this point expect Ronald Jones to catch passes. He's never done it. I can't expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to play a full season. He's never done it. So... I think Pacheco is worth a draft pick in redraft. I don't think you should be making him a priority, but I would take him with one of my last couple picks. Yeah, and I think that uh, Jarek McKinnon is kind of tucking on his collar and going, Ugh. Yeah, Jarek, Jarek McKinnon is like 30 and always gets hurt, so he's probably not making the roster. Yeah, he's 30, he's always hurt, and his contract is not guaranteed at all. Right. Uh, they can cut him to save a million bucks. So, um, of 1.8, or... 1.18 million so they're eating like $150,000 or something. Um so, uh lost my notes. There we go. Um Isaiah Spiller primarily on second and third third teams. Third teams. <laughs> primarily on second and third teams per Daniel Popper of the Athletic. I threw this in here because people are getting spicy last week cuz he ran with the ones. He's 
he's second and third. Jalapeno. Jalapeno, as in the pickles that I ate before the podcast. Matthew Stafford has some sort of elbow tendonitis that was a tricky deal and abnormal for quarterbacks, but he had it in 2021 and through. So we were talking about this uh, in um, the fantasy doctors, and it appears it's same old since Matt Stafford. There's no really concern about this. Yeah, I was going to say, are we worried? No. Walker, he's your boy. Yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm not worried. Um, Matthew Stafford is always hurt in some way, and mm-hmm. he always plays like Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, this doesn't affect anything for me. He's been my QB 10. He's still my QB 10. Yeah, in this one specific way, he's the new Big Ben, where it's like, uh, he's always hurt, and he's got a, is he going to play? He's going to power through it, and oh my God, he's such a warrior. Matt, Matthew Stafford, greater than sign Ben Roethlisberger. Correct. All right. Uh, this one's kind of funny. Per ESPN's Mike Reese. Uh, uh, who's at New England camp. It's not that there haven't been successful plays, but the lack of consistency and frequency of no chance plays has also been notable. And uh, Walker, let me ask you a question. Uh, Matt Patricia, mm-hmm. former head coach of the Lions, what was he known for? Sucking. Well, what what side of the ball is he on? Oh, he was known for defense, but he was bad at it. Correct. He is calling the offensive plays in New England if you're wondering why things aren't working out well. Yeah. So uh, not a great idea. <laughs> End of sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really all I got. I mean, I I think it's dumb to do that. I don't know why Bill Belichick has decided this is a good idea. He is he's doing the thing where you get bored with the game that you're playing. So you're like put on like weird handicaps where you're like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to do Mitch Trubisky mode. I can't throw to the left. I'll only throw to the right side of the field and then see if I can still win. So he's like, I'm going to make a defensive coordinator call offensive plays. So um, we'll talk about that more when we get to the uh, Patriots uh, for the Jets. Makai Becton is out for the year. Uh, Elijah Moore seems to have firmly established himself as the wide receiver one per Zach Rosenblatt of the athletic. Um, just something to keep in mind uh, for Philly. Devonta Smith has missed five practices with a groin issue. Uh, just something to keep in mind in your drafts. He's clearly the number two there to AJ Brown. Um, and then there was a report that uh, Kenneth Gainwell will be used in high leverage, third down and hurry up offensive plays. That's from John McMullen of uh, Sports Illustrated. I do not care. I don't think he's going to get enough volume to matter. No, um, I don't care either. He's uh, he, he's a fine player, and in that role, he can be helpful. But like that's basically what Giovanni Bernard was for the Bucks mm-hmm. last year, and he wasn't fantasy relevant. And the Bucks offense throws a lot better than the Eagles offense does. So and a lot more. The, right. So I'm chilling. The the same game well that when he got his opportunity to be the starter when Miles Sanders got hurt, they used Boston Scott and Jordan Howard instead. Well, here's the here's the problem with Gainwell. And we talked about this last year is he can't like rush up the middle tackles. No, he's too small. He's too small to rush. Like 195 pounds. He can't he can't handle that. And so you can only run if you're going to run with Gainwell, you can only get him out in space. So he's you know, they they would be better off just committing to using him as Nike Mines. Yeah, exactly. Like I wrote about him this week. Uh, He was one of the new player profiles where it's like he's not a handcuff. He doesn't get enough volume to like justify having standalone value. If Miles Sanders goes down, Mike, you mentioned it. He's just going to end up in a committee. Like why, why, why are people drafting Kenneth Gainwell? Like there's no, there's no path here. 
Um, so Scott's still there, and he can yep. do anything Gainwell can do. Big so. Boston. Yeah. And and I'm sure Jordan Howard's just hanging out around the facility, just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Howard's li- just living in the facility, just <laughs> lurking around every corner, like Kanye did in Atlanta. <laughs> All right, uh, Traylon Burks is reportedly struggling at camp. Um, Guess who it, doesn't care? Yeah, I was going to say, this is something to know. And that's it. Uh, Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin is padded up, but they're not getting their hopes up, according to Todd Bowles. But I'm getting my hopes up. I think that that's a good sign. Uh, he could be going the Gus Edwards route where he's still not practicing. So, um, you know, maybe he'll only miss a couple games and then we'll be good to go. Uh, Russell Gage uh, injured his hamstring, but they consider it to be minor. So. All right, that's the news. All right. Cool. All right, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I just read the news. Um, All right, let's talk about the AFC East and NFC East, and we'll talk about the position groups on each team. Um, Reminder for people who uh, heard last week's episode in the Patreon feed, one thing that we've decided to do, and by we I mean me because I put the notes together, is only players being drafted in the top 200. So, for example, uh, we have no tight end to talk about on the Jets. And we have no uh, tight end to talk about on the Giants. So no tight ends in MetLife is what we're hearing. You mean we're not talking about Chris Myrick? We're not going to talk about Daniel Bellinger? Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh Allen, QB1, uh, ADP of 26, 3.02 in a 12-team league. So um, Josh Allen, he's been the QB1 each of the last two years. Um, Last year was kind of weird because he he's he's kind of this like he throws it really well and he rushes really well which is why he um can end up as the qb1 every year but at the same time he wasn't like in the top five in quarterback rushing yard or in quarterback rushing uh touchdowns but he wasn't top five in quarterback rushing yards last year but he wasn't top five in passing but he was top five the year before but not top five rushing if you see where i'm getting is Josh Allen has a very nice floor because if he's not rushing, he's passing. If he's not passing, he's rushing. He did take a step back last year, only scoring six rushing touchdowns. But whoop-de-doo. Um, Rookie numbers. Al- Ryan Tannehill laughs at those numbers. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill says you got to pump up might those numbers. Less this year too. And he might. So, um, you know, they are losing Brian Dable to the Giants. So that's something to think about. But at the same time, um, we talked about it with Justin Tucker. You take Josh Allen as the first quarterback, not because he's a locked-in uh, guy who's going to be the first quarterback. And it's the same. I mentioned Mike Trout, too, in fantasy baseball for a long time. You take him quarterback one because he is in this tier of players with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Um, That's it. Lamar Lam- I mean, Jackson. He's been I QB1 think- overall before. He has been. Yes, that's true. These are guys who have QB1 overall upside. True. But the one with the highest floor is Josh Allen. So that's why he's that's why he's first among the four. Yeah. So I, I that's why you take him as QB1 overall. But don't take him at 302 in a one quarterback league. That's too early to take a quarterback. That's what I was going to say. At the same time, I'll have zero Josh Allen. That's correct. The, the only the only time you take a quarterback at 302 is if you're in a six point touchdown league and yep. by then you probably should take him in the second and any four point it should be fourth round and even then what josh allen does specifically 
is kind of neutered in a six point per passing passing touchdown league because his rushing is worth less. His rushing touchdowns are worth less, not worthless, worth less. So um, I'm confused. Well, well, they're not they're not literally worth less. They're they're just in comparison, not as important as passing correct. touchdowns. Rush, in a six point oh, per passing right, touchdown right. league, the rushing statistics a quarterback gets you are less valuable because yes. they don't they don't separate the the player as much. Right. True. True. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get you. So, Mike, I remember you saying, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that Justin Herbert was your quarterback one. Is that right? No, Allen's my one. Herbert's oh. my two. Walker, was it you? No. Jeff, it was been... it you? No. <laughs> I mean, that Lindell has Herbert QB one, I think. I remember talking about it on this podcast, though, and Lindell hasn't been on this year. Yeah, I don't remember. Who, I don't remember <laughs> no, who you're thinking me. Wait a minute. It is me. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, I said Josh Allen is going to lose the, the top spot after being the quarterback one two years in a row. It's going to be actually Herbert this year because it can't be Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes will never be a QB one ever in his life ever again because, you know, I say so. Well, it could be Lamar Jackson. I, I will quit this show. I, uh, <laughs> Mike Lamar Scott. Jackson no, is quarterback one. I will leave this show. Don't, don't, no, no, we don't want Mike to leave the show. If, <laughs> but if Mike is, if Lamar Jackson finishes his QB one, we will have an entire episode where all we do is make fun of Mike. <laughs> Correct. And Mike's, and Mike's, yes. and Mike's Twitter avatar has to be Lamar Jackson until the kickoff oh, of 2023. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Do do a Lamar Jackson Photoshop but in a Colts uniform and then make that uh his profile picture. 100%. Here. Oh and then god. it's going to say goat. Or I'll do it oh, up so it says goat above Doug, his head. No. Doug, oh. Doug, oh. Doug, oh. All right. I'd rather have electric shock therapy right now. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the running backs here. Uh, uh both both guys are uh kind of devalued in this one. Devin Singletary RB29. Uh, 801 off the board. James Cook is RB38, 102, uh, which feels like a decent value on uh, the pass catching uh, running back realm. Um, Mike, uh, what are you doing with these running backs in Buffalo this year? Because, um, you know, the guy that I really like is Zach Moss. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nobody likes Zach Moss. Anymore. That was his rookie year, and you were right about his rookie year. Um, sort of. Uh, kind of. He did outplay A.J. Dillon. Remember that debate we had between I said, A.J. Dillon is the guy to have. You said, Zach Moss, you were right. Um, I was technically correct, the best kind of correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, as far as what we've seen now, Devin Singletary, I think RB29 is too low. I think he's a 25, RB25, 22 to 25. I, I do see him scoring more touchdowns this year. That's why I say Josh Allen is probably going to score less touchdowns because – the improvement at Devin Singletary near the goal line was evident last year, evident enough that they said, you know what, Zach Moss, we don't need you anymore. You're just, you know, just just hang out at home because Singletary can do this. Um, of course, a lot that's going to hurt is even though he didn't catch many anyways, James Cook is there and he's going to be catching a lot more passes. So I like Singletary a little bit higher than 29, but not much. Uh, what do you think about this James Cook situation? People are talking about how he's going to be catching a lot of passes. It's not a thing that's traditionally part of the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, passing game. Right. Um, is Last year, they threw uh, the fifth lowest rate of passes to the running back, 15.8% of passes. Um, but, Mike, they did make a concerted effort to get a pass-catching running back this year. They whiffed on J.D. McKissick. They got Duke Johnson. They drafted James Cook in the second. So do you think that that's going to be a bigger part of their game this year? 
I think they want it to be. Um, to go after J.D. McKissick and then losing out on J.D. McKissick and they just go, okay, well, we'll just draft James Cook. That's That definitely tells me they're interested in having someone that Josh Allen could do, jump the ball dump the ball off too. But this offense is very much like Kansas City where they throw the deep ball quite a bit and try to hit their speedy receivers on slants and crossers and have them take it, you know, to the house. So the dump offs aren't really all that relevant as as you mentioned, Jeff. Um so I think James Cook is definitely someone you're gonna wanna have if if you're gonna be the Bills offense, but is it is he gonna be one a person that you wanna have as a you know fantasy manager um i say no um he's gonna have to prove it first number one and number two as i said the offense doesn't really look like it's going to be going to james cook okay walker what are your quick thoughts on these running backs and then we'll talk about the wide receivers yeah i'm i i think both of them are going around where they should i'm slightly lower on them but it's he's you know, Cook especially, uh, he could get 60 targets, but the problem is he's probably not going to get more than 60 carries. Like, he, he's not going to carry the ball much. He's not going to have opportunities to score touchdowns. Um, you know, he, he's he's a low upside player because his role isn't going to increase much. If Devin Singletary goes down, Zach Moss is going to be the first and second down back. So it, it's, it's kind of the same thing as Gainwell, except a better offense, mm-hmm. where he's kind of, blocked into a role that doesn't allow him a whole lot of ceiling. Um, and then with Singletary, I again, I feel like, again, with the Philly comparison, he's a better version of Miles Sanders for fantasy. He's a guy who's not going to score a lot of touchdowns, I don't think, um, but he gets used a ton in, in between the 20s. Um, he will get you know probably close to 200 carries. He's pretty efficient when he runs the ball. I mean, he could run for 1,000 yards this season. It wouldn't shock me. Um, but Really? That... that- Run for though? Could I mean I'm not I'm not gonna bet on that happening, but if he gets 220 carries, I could see him running for like 4.8 a carry. I mean, I like I say I wouldn't bet on it, but it's possible. It's within the range of outcomes. So okay, but I think he would have to do that to make it up into the top 24 on a consistent basis, and so I'm not going to bet on that happening. Yeah, and a thousand yards is only 60 yards a game, so it's not like true. Yeah, it's not true. like when Mike was shocked. It's like it's 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 a pretty good like baseline, mostly for usage, more so than efficiency. Because so, you know, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh no, I was gonna say because you figure you know 60 yards per game, you're getting that on 15, 16 carries at average efficiency. Yeah, I mean that's what David Montgomery's gonna do. You know, yeah. I mean he's gonna Montgomery's gonna get 16 carries a game and average 3.9 yards a carry, but he's gonna run for almost 1,100 yards because that's what he does. Yeah, so real quick, Mike, before you get into your point, uh, Walker, you mentioned 60 and 60 for James Cook. Yeah. Naheem Hines had 56 and 57 last year, and he was barely usable. People think forget to think about that. Right. That it's like you can get these targets, and but if you're not getting the rushes too, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, he James Cook as last year, Naheem Hines, when he was so disappointing, that's a good, you know, that that's a good look at what he's probably going to be. He's going to be a guy who is going to finish outside the top 36, but inside the top, like, 42. Mm-hmm. And so people are going to look at the end of the season, they're going to be like, well, you know, relative to ADP, he was all right. and But he was usable in, like, two weeks of the season. Exactly. So, Mike, what were you going to say about these running backs? So I was uh, thinking, I was putting together, like, 40 receptions, 45 receptions, and running backs usually average in, anywhere between five or six um 
those that are not Christian McCaffrey, of course, average around five or six yards per catch. And then, so I just totaled them, them out, um, what he would produce. And I came up with 135 points. Well, 135 points is RB 37. Yeah. Last year. So the ADP is not too far off, I think, for him at an RB 38. Yeah, it's, it's, nah. it, it like, it'll, like, it'll provide value, but how much? Yeah, not much. I mean, you were talking pretty close to an RB4, so. Exactly. So, all right, let's talk about these wide receivers. Stefan Diggs, wide receiver five. Gabe Davis, wide receiver 28. Diggs is 111 off the board. Davis is 606, unless you're in a best ball draft, in which case he is also pick 111 off the board, it feels like. Um, Walker, make sense of these wide receivers for us. Ah, man, it's... uh... The ADPs are weird. Um, I I think Gabe Davis is a good football player. I would not take him at his current ADP. Um, Stefan Diggs is going to be a beast this season. Uh, he's my wide receiver four, and he's very close to Jamar Chase for me. So I uh, I, I think Diggs is a smash. Um, but the guy I'm probably going to have the most of because he's extremely cheap uh, is Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, he's running as the starting slot receiver right now. Uh, I don't expect him to have as big of a no. role as Cole Beasley did. Mm-hmm. What about Jameson Crowder? McKenzie's running ahead yeah, of Yeah, he's running ahead of Crowder. Okay. Yeah, it's, it was surprising <laughs> to me, too. I did not expect that. But It sounds like Mike doesn't believe us. <laughs> I, I'm, no, I'm we're not, yeah, we're not messing with you. No, <laughs> yeah. I promise. But no, yeah, it, it, it almost made the, it almost made the that, notes. But. Yeah, it almost made the notes, but I figured we'd talk about it here. Yeah, so I I have McKenzie as my wide receiver 63, and he's free. So, you know, if I'm going to get a piece of the Bills offense, I'm either going to get Stephon Diggs or I'm going to wait and just draft Isaiah McKenzie late because it's such a good offense that I feel like you can get a top 50 receiver out of McKenzie even though he's, you know, not going to have a huge role. Yeah, and... um. Cole Beasley that, was a wide receiver 40 last year in his down season. Um, so if McKenzie can match or do better, then you're true. Like, I could see I could see McKenzie. Maybe I'll yeah maybe I'll think about posting that. I don't know, but I could see McKenzie getting similar you know a slight slightly lesser role, slightly more efficient than Beasley was last year, and finishing like just inside the top 40. Yes. So. Um, over the oh tweet got deleted. Dang it. I responded to it. Um, it was a tweet about uh, players that have gotten at least 100 targets over each of the last three years. Uh, the answer to the trivia question was Cole Beasley. He was one of the three to get at least 100 targets in each of the last three years. Um, but I cannot find you the other two. I was looking for the tweet. But if you give me one moment, I will get you the actual rundown of the players. Do 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 targets. Just just to speak to the the role <laughs> the, the role in this offense, uh, it's a hundred tar- at least hundred targets each of the last three years. I want to say Marvin Jones is in there. Oh, it's way huh. more than three. It was nine. What is this guy talking about? Anyways, uh, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Devonte Adams, Mike Evans, Mari Cooper, and Cole Beasley. Not Marvin Jones. Huh. No. I think Marvin Jones only had like two out of three. Yeah. Last last year he had 120, but I think the year before that he was in and out of the lineup and had like 90. Yeah. So he he was on Lions that year. 120, 115, and 91 in the last three seasons for uh, Marvin Jones. There you go. Yep. So this like way late in 2019 too, at the end of the season for for Detroit. 
He like yeah. was non-relevant. So this um yeah this role in the offense is definitely something to take a look at because uh, there's a lot of targets going there. Um, here's my thing with Stefan Diggs is uh, he's wide receiver five, which is baking in him bouncing back. Uh, which is weird to say bouncing back for a guy that was wide receiver nine last year. Uh, but he was second in unrealized air yards last year while getting the seventh most receiving yards at, at um, wide receiver. So there's even more room for him because he's really good. Josh Allen is really good, which tells me that those unrealized air yards aren't because of talent. Like we saw in the past, um, like Robbie Anderson, when he got away from Sam Darnold, he cashed in a bunch of unrealized air yards because he was no longer getting them from Sam Darnold again. And now he's getting them from Sam Darnold again. Maybe there's a training camp battle. Who knows? Um, but anyways, Ooh, <laughs> battle. Stefan Diggs, uh, his, He's going as wide receiver five, but it's like I can I it's weird because I don't like him at wide receiver five, but I can't put him lower than that, if that makes sense. Like it's like I love him at wide receiver five, so I completely disagree with Jeff. I think he's going to smash this year. Oh, you know, I forgot to tell you, folks, uh, I dropped Mike Evans because of the uh, the Chris Godwin news and the offensive line news. So he was my wide receiver four. Do you know where I dropped him to? Six. Six. <laughs> Five. Five. Ooh. Oh. Um, but yeah. Uh, free fallen there. Free fallen. And um, I'm realizing now that I think by projections I have uh, digs uh, at wide receiver four. So I guess we're good to go there. Never mind. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it, it it's weird because after Stefan Diggs, it's like CD Lamb, which I'm going to save that for when we get to the um, Cowboys, actually. I don't understand the C.D. Lamb wide receiver six thing. Anyways, Dawson Knox, tight end 10, 92 overall, 808 off the board. Let me make this really easy on you. Do not do this. Period. Yeah, don't, don't do it. It's the the tight. He might finish as a top 10 tight end, but he's not going to score points like a top 10 tight end. He He's so touchdown dependent. So um, I said this last year about Bob Tunyon. Didn't get enough targets, didn't get enough catches, didn't get enough yards to support his number of touchdowns. Same thing is going to be true of Dawson Knox to a lesser extent. Unless you consider the fact that they added O.J. Howard, they added two more pass-catching running backs. They're looking to grow uh, through Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, Gabriel Davis. They're looking to grow non-tight end touchdowns. I mean, you're taking Dawson Knox a tight end 10 hoping that he returns his value because of touchdowns because that's what he did last year like that's it that that's he was he was tight end eight last year so you figure he loses four touchdowns he's tight end 13 or whatever and he doesn't return value um you know if you want him if you want his profile so bad just go get hunter henry it's gonna be the exact same it's the exact same profile last year so true uh anything else about the 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 tight end I wouldn't say he's Hunter Henry. I'd say he's going to catch a lot more passes than Hunter Henry, but I'm not like overly excited by him either. Okay. Yeah, that's All fine. Right. If I, I, I can understand being a little higher on him. I just, I can't understand being as high on him as like ADP is. There are people planning their flag in Dawson Knox and it makes no sense to me. No, it's, it's the offense and it's the fact that he had a good year last season. They think that's just going to be duplicated, but 
No, I mean, it's it's so difficult for tight ends that um, have fluke seasons to continue to have fluke seasons. So, um, yeah, tight end, I, I can buy him a tight end 10. I don't have a problem with that. Any higher than that, then that's where I'd be like, nah. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, th- I think he is my tight end 10, but I still won't draft him. No. Nah. All righty, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins and quarterback Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Uh, quarterback 16 off the board, uh, pick 10.11 by ADP, and I don't know. I mean, he doesn't rush anymore. Like, he was a rushing quarterback in college, but the hip injury kind of sapped all of that from him. He's He's quarterback 16, but here's the thing. He goes between Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, then Tua, then Justin Fields, DTM, Trevor Lawrence. People will try to pair him with those like upside guys with like Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, guys who, if everything goes right for them, will finish higher. But I think he's more at the back end of that Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tungo Vailoa group, where he is a younger and more talented, un or like unsexier version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he just kind of is there to make the offense work. If he produces, it will be because of his weapons, not because he makes his weapons better. Like Jimmy Garoppolo was quarterback 15 last year in, in points per game. So it's like, you know, to a quarterback 16, it's like, I don't, I don't really see a huge part of the upside there. It's, it's, it's a thing where in a two quarterback league, he'll be fine in a one quarterback league. You know, it's like I'd rather take Carr and Cousins, who are going uh, essentially the same price. Or if I'm going to go later, I'd rather take, uh, you know, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields and Jameis Winston or Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill. He falls in this donut where I'm like, I just don't want to. I don't want to do it. His upside's not really there and his floor is not really there either. So he doesn't fit in either either paradigm for me. Yeah, I agree. I I have two at nineteen. I think he's just he's just a guy to me. So I I won't have this is a else. guy. I would rather have Lawrence. I would rather have uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, uh, seven touchdowns each of the last two years rushing. People forget about that. And my dogs are in my office, so they are going to make noises. Um. All right, let's talk about the running backs here. Chase Edmonds, RB34, Raheem Moster, RB48, Sonny Michel, RB58. They're going in round 9, 13, and 16. And I I can't think of a backfield that people think less of than this one. And they shouldn't because there's a clear best player here, and it's Chase Edmonds. It's Um, Miles Gaskin. No, it is not. There's a reason why they signed... Edmonds to a very lucrative contract to take Miles Gaskin's job. It's a handcuff to Miles Gaskin. No. Uh, and it, Raheem Mostert is the Tevin Coleman here. He's there because he knows the system and mm-hmm. he's going to teach it to the other running backs. Raheem Mostert's like 31 years old now and hasn't played more than one game in a season since he was 28. Um, don't draft this guy. Stop, stop doing that. Why is his ADP 13th round? It should be non-existent. Um, Sony Michelle's the backup here. If you want to take somebody late, go for Michelle, I guess. But Edmonds is going to be the starter here. My guess is he probably gets the most carries on the team by a slight margin. And he's definitely going to get the most running back targets on the team. So, um, you know, in an offense that will probably throw a fair amount, he'll be the number four target in it. So he's probably going to rack up, you know, 
65, 70 targets along with 175 rushes. And uh, he averages a solid probably a little over five yards a touch. So, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, 225 touches and you you could see Chase Edmonds get 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards from scrimmage this year. So for him to be going where he is is ridiculous. Mike, 1,200, 1,300 yards for Chase Edmonds? No. <laughs> Mike's just like, nah, it's not. Got him. No, that's fair. Uh, I, I, that's obviously obviously optimistic, and it's not something I'd bet on. But uh, yeah, I, I think Chase Edmonds has higher upside than just about anybody you're going to get in this range. I, I do say I like Chase Edmonds better in Miami than I do in Arizona. I think the chance is higher because the big difference here is that there's no one else here to catch passes, and that that's sort of what incorporated James Conner. And you know, if Sony Michelle could catch passes. If Raheem Mostert could catch passes, um, I, feel, I don't know if he can. Maybe he's Kenny Walker. I don't know. Um, There's a video. He caught a football. That's right. He did. That was a very ugly catch, by the way. It was a very um, throw, too. <laughs> there was nothing about that play that made me excited. Like I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Um, he caught it with his body, of all things. It's like, no. Um, but anyways, um, so – yeah, neither of you guys can catch passes. Chase Edmonds, of course, is one of the best, one of the better receivers out of the backfield. Um, had a chance last year to, to take over, but James Conner kind of just moved his way in there. So I don't know. I, 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 even when he was the starter in the first like three or four weeks, he wasn't all that great. Um, so we'll see what happens, transpires here. But I think Sonny Michelle or Raheem Mostert are going to get a lot of those carries. And Chase Edmonds is going to be more of a third down hybrid than an actual um, lone guy backfield. And these guys are here to back them up. So I think what we're hearing is take a shot at Chase Edmonds and take the other two guys and throw them in the dirt. Put them in the garbage can. Yeah, neither yeah. or Michelle are worth drafting. All right, let's talk about two guys very much worth drafting, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill is wide receiver eight off the board, pick 208. Jalen Waddle is pick uh, wide receiver 14, uh, 3.12 off the board. So, Walker, I need you to make – you need to tell me what to think about these wide receivers because I don't know. Uh, Actually, I mean, Mike is – I take it back. Mike is supposed to tell me what to think. <laughs> we sort of the role. I, I got the position back. groups backwards. I had to get my dogs out of the office. I got distracted. That's okay. Actually, I was thinking of changing the pace. I was, like, going to actually get on and go, can we switch it? And then I realized this is our last one, so I'm like, yeah. never mind. It's fine. Um, so <laughs> I wouldn't want to talk about these wide receivers either because I don't – I'm not sure what to make of this room. I Okay, so this is what I think. Um as you were mentioning uh, last week, Jeff, about Tua Tungleola and the fact that he was very good throwing deep, this is where Tyreek Hill comes from, comes into play right now, is that they are going to want to throw deep even more. They just didn't have the players to actually um, do, of course, Tyreek Hill level, but you know, just do what they had. Jalen Waddle, slot receiver, going to catch a lot of you know intermediate passes, Obviously, Tyreek Hill is going to take away from that because not only Tyreek Hill can do the same thing, but is a lot more explosive than Jalen Waddle is. 
I I think that both are going to have really good value, but they're both going to hurt each other in the long run. So as much as we like Tyreek Hill in the past and very explosive, always you know, game winning kind of you know plays, three touchdowns, all that kind of stuff wins us weeks, all that. Forget about it. Throw that away. He's going to be more average. You're going to be a little disappointed in him because it's going to change. And it's going to change because of Miami's offense. Uh, so Tyreek Hill, wide receiver 20, I think. Um, I mean, at the 20th pick, wide receiver 8 is okay. I'm, I don't have a problem with that. Waddle at 14, yeah, I don't have a problem with that either. Uh, 208, 312. I, I, would, I would prefer Waddle more in the late fours, early fives. But Tyreek Hill, 2-8, maybe 2-10, and then the 3-1 would be where I would want to get him. But, yeah, it's okay. Okay. Walker, what are your thoughts? Uh, I have Hill as my wide receiver, 8. Um, I don't think I'll have a lot of him. Um, I, I tend to be drafting like a Mark Andrews or a... <laughs> this MFB drafted. Yeah, I do be drafting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I draft like Mark Andrews or uh, or, or a running back, you know, yep. if I could get Saquon there or DeAndre Swift or something. So, um, but yeah, I, I I think Hill will be fine value. I agree with Mike. Um, Waddle, I am a little bit lower on because I think that they're, the Dolphins are going to want to push the ball down the field more. And I think Waddle isn't going to quite have the volume that he had last season. Uh, I have him at wide receiver 21. Um, I, I think that he's, you know, if his ADP more reflected his situation, I'd be fine with taking him because he'll probably be a solid, consistent player for you. But I just don't think he's going to return any value at wide receiver 14. That seems like his ceiling to me. Yeah, it really feels like the ceiling to me, too. And I like how I told Walker to tell me what to think. And Walker says, uh, I have Tyreek Hill at eight. And Waddle at 21. And I personally, Jeff, have Tyreek Hill at 8 and Waddle at 22. So. <laughs> you told yourself what to think. You I told right. myself what to think. Yeah. Uh, he was 21 for me uh, until Tim Patrick. Uh, and then I moved Sutton up over Jalen Waddle because of the extra target volume there. So. Um, any other deeper wide receivers to worry about? I don't think so. Ced Wilson, uh, no. C- Cedric Wilson is my wide receiver 74. Let's see where he where he landed for me. Cedric will 77. Walker. We're, I don't know why I <laughs> Walker and I are almost. About, yeah. Oh, uh, so, no, don't worry about it. Actually, you know what? This this player is too far down. I missed moving him up. Let me do this. Move you up to the 50s. Is that KJ Hamler? No, it was uh, freaking um, Russell Gage was at 71 for some reason. That's too low. That's too low. All right, this guy. All right, now said Wilson's 75 because I cannot put LaVisca Chenault uh, ahead of said Wilson. There oh, we you go. can't. All righty. Um, let's talk about Michael J. Gesicki. Um, famously, um, to, in my own head, I am the Michael J. Gesicki guy. Uh, he had 111 targets last year, 73 receptions, uh, finished the year as uh, in half PPR, tight and in per game 17 and i wanted to give that preface before we talk about gesicki's draft stock tight end 12 109 overall pick 1001 1001 is fine except it comes along with this tight end 12 i don't think gesicki's a top 12 tight end this year um he's almost there by default but the thing is is it's like he was fourth 
in targets last year at tight end. And granted, he only had two touchdowns. So, you know, that 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 changed his upside. But fourth in targets and only 17th in fantasy points per game, you know, so um, actually now that I'm looking at him, I do have him 12th because actually I have him 11th because I cannot put Cole Komet out of him. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I just don't know what the huge upside is here with Gesicki. Um, they, they went out of their way to get him. Yes. But the offense isn't going to look like San Francisco's offense. They're having him in line, which they will stop doing that at some point this year, because Mike Gesicki is not good at that. Right. He's not good. He, he, you have Mike Gesicki on your roster for him to be a giant slot receiver. That's what he is there for. So they'll dissuade themselves of that notion pretty quickly. But at the same time, uh, Mike Gesicki started off slow, uh, each of the last two years. And I think that that's going to be exacerbated by them starting him in line and him just being kind of a mess. And then they'll move him back out and then he'll be good to go. But it's like he started last year with. OK, let me let me ask you uh, to a question. How many fantasy points did uh, Mike Kosicki have in week one last year? PPR. Zero. Mike. Uh, three. Walker is correct. Woo. The PPR was there to throw you off because he had zero catches for zero yards. So, and, and he did that again in week 10, but on seven targets. So it's like, I don't know if they take anything away from Gesicki, if they try to make him block more, it's just one of those things where if they take anything away from him, everything kind of starts to fall apart for me. So he's 12 kind of by default. He's not where in the past he was a guy I was going out of my way to get. Now he's a guy I'm like, all right, I'll take Gesicki in round 10 or 11, but Chances are that if you're in a regular draft and he's still there in round 10, guys like Cole Komet have gone ahead of him or Albert O or Irv Smith. Um, maybe not because of the thumb injury, but these are guys that other people are drafting over him that I just don't get when I see that happen. But at the same time, I I don't know. I don't know what to think with Mike Isaki. I think it's because he's the actual blob tight end. Like He is the most blob tight end that exists. Yeah, I think that, that's why I don't know what to think of him. Yeah, to, to me, Mike Kosicki is the delineation line. I mean, he's I have him at 10, but he's not a guy I'm excited to go get. You know, I my top nine guys are the guys that I want to get. And then after that, if I don't get those guys, I'm waiting and I'm taking, you know, two of Austin Hooper and, you know, I'll take like Austin Hooper and Gerald Everett or something and just play yeah. percentages. I mean, Gerald Everett. I, I'm almost embarrassed how high I have him, but it's like if I miss on one of the big guys, I'm probably just waiting around for for Everett and insert second tight end here, whoever that might be uh, in that particular draft. And I think that that's why I'm having such a hard time reconciling how I feel about uh, about Gesicki in terms of where I have him ranked and how I feel about him in terms of drafting him, because it's like I just don't want to take that. I just don't want to take it. Well, I mean, we've spent a long time talking about Mike Kosicki to basically say whatever. So I Mac Jones, quarterback 20 off the board. <laughs> Let's go to the New England Patriots. Uh, 12 one. Um, I don't want him, period. End of Same. sentence. Even in a two quarterback league, uh, the offense is a mess. Um, he was 23rd in in uh, expected fantasy points last year and 25th in actual fantasy points. So it wasn't like he left anything on the, on the table. It was like he was what he was and that's what he is. And not much has changed about that offense, except they're probably going to run more and it will probably be a mess. So I don't want Mac Jones. 
I yeah. would rather have Mike perk up. I would rather have Davis Mills. Hell yeah, you would. There it is. All right. Okay. So, Mike, what do you think about Mac uh, McCorkle Jones? Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing. I would rather McCorkle. Have- you were going to say McCorkle. <laughs> I was going to say McCorkle. McCorkle. Um, I was, yeah, McCorkle, you suck. Davis Mills, you rule, baby. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where we are with Mac Jones. Uh, this offense is a mess. I think it's Mac Jones. People think his peers are like Ryan Tannehill and Trevor Lawrence, but I think his peer is like Jared Goff. A, that and Mitch and and Baker Mayfield when he wins the job, like that tier. Carson Wentz. Yep. So, uh, no thank you to Mac Jones. That's correct. All right. Damian Harris is running back 28 off the board. He's picked 706. Uh, Ramondre Steven season is uh, RB 37, pick 910 off the board. And um, Walker, Damian Harris is a complete waste of a pick, right? Yep. All right. Perfect. Now talk yeah. more. <laughs> uh, he has my, he's my RB 34. Uh, he's the last guy in that tier. I... There's just no upside here. The offense isn't going to be very good. Um, Damian Harris does not catch passes. He's like this 55 or 60% share in a backfield where nobody really catches passes other than James White, and he's at way too old at this point. Um, you know, I the only one of the bruisers that has shown that he has any pass-catching ability is Stevenson. So I... I Harris will probably get more carries and more touchdowns than Stevenson. And so I have him ahead of Stevenson, but it's pretty close. And I really don't think either of these guys are super exciting fantasy picks. Yeah. And, and here's, here's what you need to know about Damian Harris. And this is especially true for PPR fifth in running back touchdowns last year, 10th in running back rushing yards last year, quarterback 18 because he had 18. Or no, quarterback eighteen. No, he was not. Quarter. No, I'm just kidding. Running back eighteen. I wanted to be uh, uh, oppositionally defiant. Um, <laughs> running back eighteen because he doesn't catch any passes, and he was eighteen in fancy points per opportunity as well because he doesn't catch any passes. And like that's it. He was he was a good real life running back last year, but he right, shares I mean- with Ramondre Stevenson and he doesn't catch passes. Yeah, Damian Harris had the best possible season he could last year, yes. and a ton of guys around him got hurt, and he was still only a mid-tier RB2. So, yeah, I, I you can't expect this guy to have a ceiling above. You know, you, you have to expect regression on the touchdowns. The offense isn't going to be very good. They like Ramondre Stevenson. I, I really don't even see a path to top 24 here. So, you know, not much upside, good floor. If he's your RB three or four, then I guess that's fine. But yeah, don't take Damian Harris as a guy who's going to play consistently in your lineup. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts on Damian Harris? I see it kind of playing out like this. Damian Harris is the week one starter. And then Ramondre Stevenson gets some play and you're like, okay, you know, this really looks like Ramondre Stevenson is a little bit better than Damian Harris. And then week two, Stevenson gets a little bit more play than week three. And then by week four, Stevenson's a starter and Damian Harris is not. Um, so I, I, I think that's how it's going to work out. So don't draft Damian, Damian Harris. Get Ramondre Stevenson later in the draft and get that higher ROA, ROI for your team. 
I'm 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 pointing at myself uh, celebrating because I was told I was too high on Ramondre Stevenson that he's not that good. Ramondre Stevenson is I would call him an above average running back. He's Legarrette Blunt again, and it, the only reason no, I'm excited no. about him is Le-Garrett because Blunt was better than Ramondre Stevenson. No. Yeah. Um, the only reason I'm excited about him is because he is a Bill Belichick running back, and the last time he had one that was like Ramondre Stevenson, it was. Like Garrett Blunt. But here's here's my last thing on Damian Harris. His replacement is on the roster for 2023. Yeah, Pierre Strong. I was gonna say, if it's not Ramondre Stevenson, it's Pierre Strong. It, yeah. It's one of the two. Right. I, I think I think Stevenson will take the 60% share and then Strong will take the 40% share. Yeah, and they also drafted uh Kevin Harris, too, who's different type of running back, but um they went out and they got running backs to kind of refresh this room over the last couple of years. So like Damien Harris is going to be gone. I think James White's going to be gone after this year because he can't stay healthy. Ty Montgomery is not even going to like matter. So it's like, we're going to see a refresh here and, you know, we could see it in the second half of the year, especially if this offense is as messy as it sounds like it is right now, because um, you're not going to stick with the guys, you know, are going to work. If they're not working, you're going to try the new guys. So, um, you know, Ramondre and then deep sleeper uh, is um, Pierre Strong. Ramondre is a different Bill Belichick running back. He's Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Ooh. Wow. Why would you hurt him like that? Ben Jarvis Green Ellis was above average. He was all right until he got, until he left New England. Yeah. Then he went to Cincinnati and was, and he forgot how to play football. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Let's talk about the wide receivers. Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers. Wide receiver 54 and 56. Uh, pick 11-10 and 11-12, um, basically going at the same 8-8-P. Um, Mike, why don't you tell me about uh, Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers? Since they're at the same 80 p just tell me which one you want. Jacoby Myers. Yep. Ooh, really get him correct. out. Correct. <laughs> get him out. <laughs> He's Jacoby out. Myers is good, and Devontae Parker isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's not even close, really. I, I it's it's kind of shameful that Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver 56 on this team. It is. But I'll, I'll take it. I'll I'll take that every single day. Yeah, he's my wide receiver 45. He's Yeah. That's he's, much better. He, he should be a borderline top 100 pick and probably in the top 100. There's it, there's no reason why anybody but Myers should be the number 1 here. His target share was so high last year. He was the wide receiver 30 last season. Yeah. And he only scored two touchdowns. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm expecting a bit of a step back because the receiver room is a bit more crowded. More and crowded, because, yeah. And because I don't trust Matt Patricia to call good plays. Um, but still, he's wide receiver 45. I mean, he's going to get the most volume in the room. He's he's proven that. Um, I, I don't understand what the fascination with Devontae Parker is. This is a guy who, Jeff, even you were saying like a year ago that – He's had one season in his career out of six that he had over 800 receiving yards. So because yeah, he always gets hurt. Right. So he's going to get hurt again. It'll be good till he gets hurt. I don't think he will because Mac Jones isn't good at throwing downfield. Right. How, I, hey, let exactly. me ask you a question. How many years over 800 yards has Jacoby Myers had? Uh, one or two. I don't know. One. Yeah, but Jacoby Myers has been in the league two years, right? Right. Yeah, no, but here, three. No, he's been in three. Three, okay. But here's the thing. Uh, um, last year he had 126 targets, had 866 yards. Devontae Parker in his big year had 128 targets, had 1,200 yards. 
his his targets are going to be further downfield and he is going to have more big playability. Granted, sure. Granted, we had this argument before we found out the the Patriots uh, offense was a complete mess, which means that you are going to be relying more on your short area guys like Jacoby Myers than your downfield guys like Devontae Parker. But this idea that Jacoby Myers is far and away better than Devontae Parker is the only thing that I'm pushing back against. They're both above like we were talking you were saying with LeGarrette Blunt, he is above average. They are both above average. But are you talking about talent or are you talking about what they're gonna do as talent? Far- well, talent, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I was just talking about talent because Walker swears uh, that Devontae Parker isn't good. He's I, fine. I, I would say Parker's is more talented, but Devontae Parker and DJ Chark are the same guy. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. And um, or or even the guy on the same team, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, eh, Parker's better than that. I think Parker's a better version of Aguilar. Yeah, maybe. I, I, maybe. I, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where I I wouldn't debate. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. But what what I was sort of more leaning to is the Devontae Parker outcome as well. I don't like it. I don't. Yeah. I think well, if Nelson Aguilar, who is like three out of five seasons within the top 30, just completely falls apart um, last year, I, Devontae Parker might be better at this point than Aguilar. But as is, is Walker pointed out, Mac Jones doesn't throw deep. He's Jared Goff, maybe a better Jared Goff, but it's not a whole, you know, it's short to intermediate that he's going to be succeeding in. And that's Jacoby Myers. I even think that maybe uh, Kendrick Bourne might outscore Devontae Parker this year. I agree. I agree. See? Yeah. That's correct. Here's my problem with here's my problem with every wide receiver in this offense. There are too many of them. We said this we said this last year that it's gonna be a bunch of like four hundred to eight hundred yard guys. And like nobody's gonna really put a cap on this thing where they're a slam dunk pick. And then they went out and got two more guys. <laughs> they went out and got Tyquan Thornton, who is apparently tearing up camp, which doesn't make any sense. And well, actually, it does make sense because if you can't play uh, full power, a guy like Thornton's gonna eat because he's so fast. But it's like they go out and they add two more guys that are like 400 to 800 yard guys in Thornton and uh, Devonte Parker. So it's like. I just don't like sure the way that it's constituted Jacoby Myers will return value, but it's, it's like we were talking about with, um, who are we talking about this with, uh, um, like Raheem Mostert where it's like, okay, he finishes his running back 40. Like, does not matter? No, I, I, I think, I think Myers is the same type of guy as Tyler Boyd where he's going in the fifties and he's going to finish at least 10 spots ahead of that. Sure, but he's Tyler Boyd if he, you know, if it's, I don't know how to, the best way to put it. There's not enough upside here for me to want to take any Patriots wide receiver, is I guess the best way to put it. Well, if I'm I mean, I, that's a fine opinion, I would say. Yeah, Russell, Russell Gage disease. That's where we are. We're, we're in what I've termed Russell Gage disease, where it's like, all right, you're going to get a bunch of targets. You're going to finish as a back-end wide receiver three, maybe. And, you know, how useful is that for, for winning on my team compared to what I can get off the waiver wire if I take a swing at, you know, not to belabor the point, but if I take a swing at, like, Devontae Parker. Like, Devontae Parker is either going to be huge or he's going to be nothing. He's gonna if be I take a, all right. 
well, if I take a swing, uh, Jacoby Myers is going to be like wide receiver 40 on any given week. And it's like, I'm in purgatory there if I draft that, because I can get that off the waiver wire. You know, Russell Gage was sitting out there last year on the waiver wire until he became Russell Gage. So that that's that's my only pushback against drafting a guy like Jacoby Myers is it's it's going to it's going to gum up your roster in a 10 and 12 team league because you need difference makers, especially in a 10 team league. Take it, having wide receiver 40 in a 10 team league is like just shoot yourself in the foot. It, I mean, it's just wasting a roster spot at that point. Maybe I'm coming from it in a different way because the majority of leagues that I play in are 14 team leagues. So. Sure. In a 14 team league, it's a different story. Most yeah. of the te- leagues I play in are 12 team. Right. So 14, you, you play you play 12 team half PPR. I play 14 team full PPR. So Myers is obviously going to be much more. Yeah. If you're useful. talking half PPR, then then you're you're making more of a point. But well, I pl- I, I I I need to I need to defend myself. I no longer play primarily half PPR. It's primarily PPR now. But it's primarily 12 team. Where in a 14 team league, you need guys like Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. You, we're in a 12-team league in smaller. You, you, you. He was the wide receiver 30 last year. What did he freaking do? <laughs> I'll take that on my flex any day of the week. All right, so he was what? Hold on. Hold on. Jeff's uh, loading up. He, he's charging <laughs> up an attack. Like he's, he's, like wide receiver. All right, so I'm gonna push back. He's wide receiver 31, according to this. <laughs> Uh, oh, he was wide receiver 45 in fantasy points per game. So, ooh, that's awkward. That's really awkward. Um, but okay. like, I mean, I have him at wide receiver 45. So perfect. There yeah, you go. 45 is the ceiling. But he's in the same range as guys that like you wouldn't go out of your way to get. Kendrick Bourne. He was had one point difference between him and Kendrick Bourne, and nobody was pounding the table for him. Van Jefferson, Russell Gage. Uh. KJ Osborne, Cole Beasley, these are all, oh, no, wait, not Cole Beasley. I take that back. I take that back. Um, <laughs> you know, these are all guys that were in the same range as him that you you could just go get free off of the waiver wire. And that's his upside. I understand your point. I'm just saying that you've got to draft somebody down there. You might as well draft somebody who you can keep on your roster all year. And he's No, not I'm, I'm not pointing, happy. I'm not pushing back against you. I'm pushing back against Mike. Oh, okay. Well, I'll yeah. shut up then. This isn't your argument, Walker. <laughs> Sorry. Get out of here. Okay. It's 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 just my bad. It's my I guess it's my draft philosophy. Like sure. I I'm fine. You know, I'm I'm doing the roster turn. And I'm like, oh, Jacoby Myers is there. I guess I'll pick up Jacoby Myers in the middle of the season. But if I'm picking up, you know, uh, if I'm picking up the darts, I'm not gonna take a guy who is like, oh, if, if everything goes right, he will be wide receiver 30. And it's like, oh, oh boy, okay. But uh, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be everything's right for him. I don't think so. I really don't. I, I think he, he's, he'll, he'll smoothly land in at wide receiver 35, 36. Okay, you realize literally everything about his situation got worse this year. Like, what do you mean? There's what? more mouths to feed. The offense is a mess. I've not heard about Taekwondo. They, they're off. Parker. You should be. Why? Because where this all started, Devontae Parker is a good football player. Okay, he is. Mac Jones isn't going to be throwing the ball deep. If Mac Jones was Patrick Mahomes or someone who had a very strong arm or something, then I'd be like, yeah, you're right. But guess where the ball is going to be targeted to? It's going to be targeted to Jacoby Myers. It's okay. not, they're not going to be throwing deep. They have Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton to open up underneath patterns. 
for these guys, for Mike Gesicki, for Jacoby Myers, for Kendrick Bourne. That's why they're there. Because Mac Jones isn't going to be going deep unless the, the, the safeties are pulled in. Okay. Uh, sure. Uh, it's not worth arguing about this anymore. Um, we're we're just going. We're going. We're going in circles about. We're having a mid off. Is what's happening. <laughs> well, let's let's put off. this down. Let's let's make a bet by the end of the season who has more points: Avante Parker or Jacoby Myers. And we'll I see. just said. Oh my God! You're not listening. What? <laughs> I said the way that they're used. Sure, but I'm. I don't care. I said I want to take the it's shot on Devonte Parker because I'm his, his range of outcomes is wider. I'm just making a friendly wager between Parker and... And I said I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. Hunter Henry is better than you think. Tight end 13, 10 9 Go get Hunter Henry. Okay. <laughs> I think you should go get Hunter Henry at tight end 13. Mike, I'm not going to make this bet because the mean outcome is you being right. But you being right doesn't help people win their fantasy I, leagues that's okay. what i'm saying okay that, not you not you specifically in all instances in this instance it doesn't help people no, <laughs> that's why i moved on to hunter henry perfect hunter henry way better than you think um so hunter henry i gotta refocus myself <laughs> I get 13 off the board 117 overall pick 1009 um he is like he ends up every year kind of disrespected because he's not super flashy. But the thing is, is like, he's consistently a tight end one. Uh, he was a tight end one as many times last year as Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz and Dallas Goddard. And then in, he was, uh, that was seven times last year, six times in 2020. He posts totals of between 10 and 15 PPR points, like almost every single week. He had 16 of those games over the last three seasons which is the league leader in uh, 10 to 15 point PPR weeks, which means he's just, he's just firing him in there. He's just consistently getting you good value. And so if you're going to take a shot on a guy like, uh, like Cole Komet, or you're going to take a shot on a guy like Gerald Everett, or uh, who else do we like late? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. You're going to take a shot on these guys. Make your second tight end Hunter Henry. Because Hunter Henry is just going to fire in points. And if your guy fails, you can just, while you're looking for another tight end off the waiver wire, you can just plug Hunter Henry and he'll keep firing in 10 to 15 PPR points a week. And you can just rely on that. Um, but the only question is, is are they going to use John? I'm sorry. Johnny Smith. I couldn't do it. Um <laughs> This is a very weird tight end room where they spent two third round picks and I think $80 million guaranteed or $60 million guaranteed between Janu and Hunter Henry to have one good tight end. Yeah, yeah. I never understood that. Those, <laughs> that, that was so weird last year. They were like, oh, let's go get Johnny Smith. Oh, Hunter Henry's out there. Um, um, okay, let's go get him too. And yeah. Johnny Smith became irrelevant and he'll yeah. be irrelevant again this year too. Like if the N or the NFL went, okay, no cap hits one year. It's like conceivably they could cut Janu, Dalton Kane, and Devin Asiasi without missing a beat. Or, or just go pick up whatever tight end scrap heap or whatever tight ends are on the scrap heap. So it, it's just very funny that they spent all this capital to get Hunter Henry and three bums. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Asiasi was, was might as well just kept himself in Australia. 
Um, but um, Aussie, Aussie. But, oh, oh, get him out. Get him out. But yeah, as far as Hunter Henry, the last three years, tied in six, um, eight, and 12, and nine. No, did I? Eight, 12, and nine, the last three years. Yeah, he's just consistently a back end, tight end one. He walked so Mike Kosicki could uh, run. Also and- walked. And then catch the ball and fall over. Yeah, so my, he, he walked so Mike Kosicki could fall over. <laughs> That's right. All right, the New York Jetterbockers. Uh, Zach Wilson, quarterback 24, 162 uh, overall, pick 1406. Um, hold on. I have some notes here for uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, no. All right. <laughs> yeah, Reese Hall, in- running back. Yeah. Not interested. No, thank you. That must have uh, been a, a fun player profile to write, Jeff. <laughs> Zach Wilson. I, I don't know if I wrote one on Zach Wilson. <laughs> Why would you, right? I hope you didn't. Uh, Zach Wilson. Oh, he does have one. Oh, but wow. only because I wrote about like 28 quarterbacks. Yeah. So uh, go. He got upgrades from worst in the league. Uh, oh, here we go. Since 2010, 31 rookie quarterbacks have thrown at least 350 passes, including Zach Wilson. He had the fifth worst completion percentage among those. He finished below Blaine Gabbert, Deshaun Kaiser, and Josh Rosen, finishing just ahead of Geno Smith, Brandon Whedon, and Sam Darnold. And yeah. out of this group, only Josh Rosen had a lower yards per attempt. Yeah, so <laughs> so he was dumping it so off. So he's dumping missing. it off inaccurately. <laughs> yeah. He was. JT. Yeah. JT O'Sullivan did a video on him and he yeah. was ripping him and it was just like hilarious because he was just he'd get back, take a couple steps back and just do and throw it and it'd be all hitting the ground, skidding the ground and everything. It was oh my god. And I'm like, oh God. Please yeah. not this. So the only case you can make for Zach Wilson is as your third quarterback in a two quarterback league, and it was the same case as Jared Goff last year, which is chances are he's starting all seventeen. Yep. That's the yeah, only most case. Likely. But uh yeah. If you're going to do that, just get Jared Goff instead. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Get if you're going to do that, instead. just get Jared Goff instead. All right. 100%. Let's talk about the boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Brees Hall. Uh, running back 21, 49 overall, pick 501. We kind of talked about him to start the draft uh, or start the episode. Um, Walker. Yeah. How good is Brees Hall? I think he's pretty damn good. Uh, I'm going to go mic mode on Brees Hall and be like, Brees Hall, yeah, baby. Uh, I take <laughs> yeah, him baby. in the I take him in the third round. Uh, Five oh one. What the heck are we doing? I do take ridiculous. Brees Hall, in the third Brees Hall round. really good prospect, uh, all around player, very athletic. Uh, Jets are committed to running the ball. They have that uh, the San Francisco run scheme that they brought over. Um, you know, Michael Carter put up reasonably good fantasy points last year, even though he was bad at football. Uh, so in the same system. So a guy who's actually good at football should put up borderline RB one numbers in this offense, in my opinion. Um, and so I have Hall at RB 13. I know that's a little bit high for a lot of people, but I believe in the player. You forgot one thing. What? Breeze Hall, let's go, baby. Let's go, (laughs) baby. Yeah. (laughs) Michael Carter, Michael Carter, stupid, uh, (laughs) broke boy. Uh, (laughs) Bum, get, get your bands up. <laughs> Here, let me let me ask this question. Uh, if Michael Carter is not good, which we all agree he's just okay, right? He's whatever. Yeah, he's a he's a he sure is a running back in the NFL. Yeah. Then, NFL why, then, then why 
was uh, UNC so committed to share, him sharing time with Javante Williams? I have no idea, really. I, is it maybe I mean, Javante Williams isn't as good as we think he is? Well, Javante Williams isn't that great. He's yeah. Javante Williams is good, and Michael Carter is fine. And that's I don't know why I don't know why UNC used them as if they were both good because <laughs> Carter was never quite as good. Yeah, it's 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 mind boggling. Um, I just had an idea for a Twitch stream, which is the tier maker. And we, we decide who is good, who is fine, who is OK, <laughs> who is great and who is very good. <laughs> There's no tier below fine. Yeah, he's <laughs> That's fine. the worst you can or be. bad. <laughs> the worst you can be is fine. He's bad. No, I mean, fine's like he's fine. Damien Harris, he's fine. This guy. Yeah, we have the lowest tier is this guy stinks. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's just the SpongeBob picture. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, Brees Hall, RB21. You said when Walker uh, talked about their um, their running backs at the top of the episode that those guys were about where you wanted to take them. Yeah. So you yeah. have you think that Brees Hall is RB21? So what are you what I'm going to say this in the the gentlest way possible. I promise I won't argue. He's he, this isn't Devonte Parker. But, <laughs> and, and and I say this as gently as possible. What the hell are you thinking? I, I, I a couple things. One, Brees Hall is a rookie, right? We don't know what he's going to do on that NFL stage. Secondly, he plays behind the Jets offensive line. Um, that's not exciting. Thirdly, you have Zach Wilson, who's the quarterback. That's not exciting. And then I, I do believe Michael Carter is going to have a role, whether it's pass catching or whatever. He, Michael Carter, this is not going to just be a pure Brees Hall backfield. So with with all those four points, um, those negative points, RB20, 21 sounds right. Now, if he goes if he goes and, you know, becomes an RB12 by the end of the season, I'm not going to be surprised. The guy's very, very talented. It's just having those points and going, okay, well, how how far can we really push him as far as an ADP goes? And that's why I have him at 18 to 22. But again, if he finishes RB12, yeah, I, I can see that happening. Walker, you hear the way he's trying to weasel out of this? I'm trying to. Very much so. <laughs> I, he, I'm he trying got, to. No, right no, no he, got, he got me. It worked. No, he, <laughs> I got you. Yeah, Mike, Mike escaped. Yeah. All right. Um, here's something that I think we can all agree on. There is no reason for Cam Akers to be going uh, four running back slots ahead of Brees Hall. Yeah, don't do that. No, That's don't dumb. do that. Even even I don't have that. I, I, I would have that reversed. OK, so, Mike, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go through the I, I understand that you won't have them in this order, play, but play I want to. Yeah, play we're, we're going to play the game. <laughs> Walker, I can't play the game with you because that's a different group. So we're just going to play with Mike. Uh, Brees Hall or Antonio Gibson? Uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall or Travis Etienne? Oh, man. I would have said like three days ago Etienne, but uh, I'm going to go Brees Hall. Brees Close. Hall or – oh, we already said Cam Akers. Brees Hall or David Montgomery? Montgomery. Okay, so RB18. Yeah. All right, there we go. All right, Walker. Yeah. Brees Hall or Alvin Kamara? Kamara. Brees Hall or Saquon Barkley? Oh, you Barkley. said he, you have Barkley five. Brees Hall or Leonard Fournette? Fournette. Brees Hall or Nick Chubb? Hall. Okay. Oh, Chubb. Wow. So Brees he's Hall like... or, yeah. Brees Hall or Zeke? Hall. 
Yeah. Brees Hall or James Conner? Hall. Yeah. All right. There we go. I, I met in the middle because the next guy is David Montgomery. <laughs> so uh, met in the middle there. So um, he's in that group. And I, I have him at 13 as well, just right outside the RB1 Ooh. group. Um, and I think he's going to smash. Every year there is a rookie running back who smashes. And Brees Hall is the best bet to do that. Now, if you want to be cautious about it, you could be RB21 like Mike. Or you could be stupid about it like Walker and I are and are taking him at RB13 because uh, – <laughs> And I quote, let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right. Wide receivers, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. They are wide receiver 36 and wide receiver 49, respectively. Uh, pick 710 for Moore. Pick 1007 for Garrett Wilson. I read the report at the top of the podcast that Moore is leading the way here for these running backs. And um, I mean, wide receivers. Thank you. Walker is my editor on the fly. Um, I don't want either one. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yes, it makes sense to be in the I don't want any part of the Jets passing game crew. That I get. I don't uh, want to tie my joy to Zach Wilson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson is very appropriately priced. He's a fringe wide receiver four type guy. He's was drafted high enough and is a good enough player that he'll get work and he'll put up some empty stats that don't help you very much. Um. More I have at 32, so I think he's a decent value. I think he's a good enough player to be solidly top 36, not fringe top 36. Um, but I usually am drafting with somebody who likes him more than I do, and so I don't end up with much of him. Yeah, I don't end up with much of him because this is the group that he's around. Michael Thomas, two picks before him. Tony Pollard, three picks after him. Uh, Kareem Hunt, two picks after that. Zach Ertz is going in that range. Trey Lance. It's just a matter of, uh, I just want those guys instead of Elijah Moore. Sure. And, 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 and Garrett Wilson, I mean, like, I guess you can take a shot on Garrett Wilson. Um, he's talented, but yeah, I mean, the range he's going in, there's not, oh, Daryl Henderson. That's who I'm taking instead. It, it's just uh, Chris Olave is a toss up. Let's ask that Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. Olave. Olave. Chris or Garrett Wilson or a whole bunch of rookie ready, or wide receivers are going this range. Traylon Burks. Burks. Traylon Burks. Sky Moore. Mm. Garrett Wilson. Switch it up. Damian Pierce. Garrett Wilson. Damian Pierce? You mean, or Alex Pierce? No, no he, I mean, he was I, saying. I said I switched it up. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Alec Pierce is a ridiculous value. He's wide receiver 68, 176 off the board. So. Uh, so yes, I do mean Damian Pierce. No, I, I'm gonna go um, with Garrett Wilson. Okay, perfect. All right, there are no tight ends on this roster worth talking about, so let's go to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys America's there. Team. Come on now, man. Come on, who else is there? Uh, the Zuma. Zuma. The Zuma Zoom man. Yes. Uh, no, thank you to all of them. Again, I do not want to t tie my happiness to Zach Wilson. Um, Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Let's go. Uh, Dak Prescott, QB nine, uh, off the board, seven Oh two in a 12 team league. Dak, Dak did not run last year, but he did pass a lot. There isn't much to do about like his weird throwing injury. I think it got a lot of press cause it was covered in hard knocks and they said it was weird. They had like call the, the Texas Rangers, um, cause it's not something you usually see in quarterbacks through all of that seventh in passing yards, fourth, fourth in passing touchdowns, 
with 37, which tied him with Mahomes and Rodgers. But he lost Amari. He lost Ed Wilson. Uh, James Washington, who was supposed to replace one of them, is hurt. Michael Gallup is still hurt. Uh, he doesn't run anymore. He His rushing totals got cut in half. He was running 20 yards a game. He was running for less than 10 last year. Here's my take on Dak Prescott. If you want Dak Prescott, okay, QB9, 702 off the board. Just take Russell Wilson instead. He's going three picks later. And I would much rather have Russell Wilson than Dak Prescott. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Okay. So what's, I mean. I have Prescott at eight. Okay. Um, I I just think that he's going to throw a ton. They they throw the ball a lot. And I think he's really good at it. I mean, I, I think that he's a very good quarterback in a very high volume passing offense. And I I just, I think he'll succeed. I, I think that there's. There's really no reason to believe he won't do essentially what he's been doing. And, um, you know, and there's also the possibility that he does get six rushing touchdowns again, like he did the first three years he was in the league. So um, I'm not going to say he has the upside of like a Kyler or a Jalen Hurts, but I think he's a little bit safer than like Matthew Stafford or Russell Wilson, to me at least, because I know the volume is going to be there. Okay. Um, he was quarterback 10 last year, but that does also account for the fact Walker, you mentioned one rushing touchdown last year. Right. And that's, that's not what he usually does. I think he'll get at least three. And then first, I'm trying to find him on, on this list here. Uh, um, where, where did he finish last year? Uh, I have him on here as QB 10 in points per game. Um, and, uh, let's see, overall he was QB eight. Okay. Um, and then with the, with him rushing, he didn't really rush much at all last year. Mm-mm. Um, and I think that's going to change just because he'll be a year removed from that horrible injury. Uh, he did pick it up a little bit in the last four games. He rushed for 21, 20, and then 27 in the wild card game. So up until then, his highest was like 35 um, with Carolina week four. But 10, 16, 0, 5, 0, 0, mm-hmm. 3. I, I look for more of the 21 to 20 to 27 kind of um, value. Uh, right. It's a lot more. So that's going to help. And then, um, he, as you mentioned, a couple more touchdowns by rushing. I, I, I He finishes at QB6 last year and did run. Um, so, yeah, I, I have him. He's going as a QB8. That's his ADP. But I think he finishes in between QB8 and QB5. All right. Now, I mean, it's the same tier. So it's, you know, your personal preference. Um, but you both are very correct that he did not rush last year. But famously, the last offensive play of the Dallas Cowboys year last year was a Dak Prescott rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he, when he rushed up the middle for no reason against <laughs> Your San Francisco 49ers. All right. Um, well, it was a good idea. It just wasn't com- um, executed. executed. Thank yeah. You correctly. Yeah. No, I mean, the rushing was the right call there. Uh, the slide in the middle of the field and then the whole snafu with the with the the judge. That was the problem. Yep. That too. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, let's talk about the running backs. Zeke Elliott, RB 15 off the board, a 307. Uh, Tony Pollard, RB31, pick 804 off the board. Um, I feel like Zeke Elliott is very much like you're either all the way in or all the way out. Uh, Walker, 
are you all the way in or all the way out on Zeke Elliott, or are you straddling the fence? Uh, I'm straddling the fence. There uh, you go. I have him at RB15. So, okay. yeah, I, I think he's a fine pick this year. Um, he gets decent volume. He catches some passes. He's not very efficient anymore, but he'll get enough volume that he'll be a high-end RB2. It's just that he doesn't have much ceiling or much floor. He's just kind of a, it, you know, if the board happens to fall that way and nobody really likes Zeke in your draft and you can get him a half a round late, then you can take that. And, um, you know, but if he he's really just, he's like, he's slightly better version of what you're going to get out of Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. Okay. Um, one thing he will get a lot of too, is he gets a ton of goal line carries. Like mm-hmm. he, cause he's better at it than Tony Pollard. Yes. Like that, that's what he does. So if you take him at that, like running back 15, it will help, you know, buoy his floor for you where, you know, he can get that cheap six points and, you know, there will be a game where he ends up with three rushing touchdowns, but the hard part is knowing when. So I think this running back 15 is kind of appropriate. Uh, he was RB 15 in, running, in fancy points per game last year. I have him ranked at RB 15. Um, he's starting to show some wear, though, to his body. Like last year in the second half, he was not very efficient because of, uh, I believe it was a PCL injury that he was dealing with. Um, he didn't miss any time, but he was really struggling uh, through it all year last year. Um, but started off hot. He had, um, you know, over 100 yards in four of his first five games. So, you know, that I'll take that. And um, you'll hear this this efficiency tip from Tony Pollard. Well, oh, Tony Pollard has a higher yards per touch than Ezekiel Elliott. It's because Tony Pollard catches a lot more passes than Zeke Elliott does. So so those are inherently more yards per touch. And um, that's not to say Tony Pollard isn't good. Tony Pollard is really good. And um, Walker, where are you going to take Tony Pollard? I'm uh, not. You're not. Okay, let's hear about that. I have Pollard at 35. Um, I just don't see the. I don't see him getting the volume. Um, he's not going to score many touchdowns. He he'll catch some passes, but not as many as a guy like, you know, like like he he's not going to be much more valuable than a guy like Naheem Hines because he doesn't carry the ball a ton. He catches less passes. He doesn't score more touchdowns. He's just not a high upside player, in my opinion, because I don't see, you know, Zeke is never a guy. He plays through every injury, so he's he's never a guy who's going to miss much time. And I, I so I don't see Pollard. He's better than a handcuff, but he's not a guy that I can consistently rely on as like my RB2 in my lineup. And so... I mean, if you want to draft him around RB31, that's fine. I don't think that's, like, egregious or anything like that. But it's just I would rather take, like, Rashad Penny or Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders? I like yeah. Sanders. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on uh, on Tony Pollard? Let me ask you this, actually, Mike. If Ezekiel Elliott um, jumps into the – donation thing at the Salvation Army thing <laughs> during the Thanksgiving Day game. Right. And it's actually a portal to hell. And he's gone forever. How many points per game? Like, where does Tony Pollard rank the rest of the year? Like, Ezekiel Elliott becomes Ozzy Smith in The Simpsons? Yes. He goes into the uh, the Dallas mystery spot. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think Tony Pollard's going to have a 
would be great. Uh, he's, I think, all automatically elevated into the top 12 of running backs if he gets that all to himself. Uh, he'll be the bell cow, which is everybody wants, and he can catch passes, and he's a pretty dang good runner. So, yeah, I, um, definitely top 12 of running backs if that should occur. All right. Um, C.D. Lamb, let's talk about the wide receiver. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver six, 203 off the board, and then uh, Michael Gallup, wide receiver 55, uh, 11.11 off the board. We mentioned earlier, he's recovering from an ACL tear. Not sure when he's going to be back. Jalen Tolbert, rookie, wide receiver 64, 1401. That's going to go up because of the James Washington injury. Um, because uh, to start the year, he's the wide receiver too. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, see me for Hoko. Like, no, don't, you're, no, you're, Noah you're Brown overthinking could, it. I think Noah Brown could legitimately push Tolbert. Yeah. For, yeah. See, but that's the thing targets. is that, see, is that Brown, does, I mean, we, I joke that he's a, a, a CD lamb clone, but he does like all the same things as CD lamb, just not as well. Right. Right. So in terms of like utility on a field, if you're trying to replace what Michael Gallup does, that's closer to Jalen Tolbert than Noah Brown. That's fair. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying he has a chance to hit the ground running without Michael Gallup. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think Tolbert's particularly good. I, I, I think he's, a pretty standard fourth round pick in that he's fine. He's good enough to be on an NFL roster, but he's not a difference maker in my opinion. And so I just, I feel like until Gallup gets back, it's going to be a lot of CD lamb, a lot of Dalton Schultz, some, you know, a few, you know, four or five targets a game to Brown and Tolbert. And then, uh, just, dump off to the running backs. I, and, and then when Gallup comes back, I think that they mainly go with Lamb, Gallup, and Schultz, and Tolbert doesn't really have a big role on the team anymore. I mean, that's fair. They they do pass a ton. That's that's the only thing. And uh, yeah. we, we got your ass. He was a third-round pick, not a fourth-round pick. Oh, he was? Oh. Yeah, he was pick 88. Oh, well. I was, you had me panic because I was like, I wait a second. Why, I don't know why they would do that, but okay. Yeah, it's um that whole draft was trash for the Cowboys, remember? Yeah, roast them. Get them. Yeah. Um yeah, when I wrote Cow my rookie girls. round when I wrote my rookie roundup, it was the sort of thing where it was like I'm I wasn't nothing Jalen Tolbert did, I walked away impressed. It's more the fact that he could walk into, you know, 125 targets this year and that's the only Oof, ca- I, that's the case. That is the case for Jalen Tolbert is pure volume and that's it. Right, and so, and I don't think he's going to get that volume, so I will not have him. There you go, Mike. Let me ask you a question: Why is C.D. Lamb wide receiver six? I have no idea. Um, he shouldn't be. I guess the only thing that that's pointing him to wide receiver six is because he's probably the only wide receiver on the Cowboys right now. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I, I'm not taking him at wide receiver six. Walker, you seem to somewhat agree with that rank earlier. Like you said, it wasn't uh, at, out of control. When when did I say that? Uh, when we were talking about, oh, let me scroll up in the notes. You mentioned it. You're like, yeah, that's not. Oh, when we were talking about, um, I think it was Miami, and I was like, why is CD Lamb six? And you're like, yeah, that's fine. Is oh, that? I, I don't think I did, but okay, maybe I did. Uh, Run the tape back. I have CD Lamb. I have CD Lamb at nine. Um, okay. I think he's. But he's in a tier below the like I have Samuel Evans and Hill six through eight and that's a tier for me and then Lamb is below those guys with guys like Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, T Higgins. 
my six through eight is Samuel Adams Hill. And then my next tier is Lamb Johnson Allen. So Walker and I just basically put a lot of the same uh, brain thoughts together. I just yeah. feel about T Higgins. This is why uh, th- this is why Jeff hired me. <laughs> <laughs> I needed somebody who thinks like me. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the CD Lamb stuff is just that he's the only he's the only game in town, and that's it. And I think having him at six because he's the only game in town is a dangerous game to play. The somebody has to do it game is a very dangerous game to play. You know yeah, that yeah. that's that's where we get things like me in 2016 writing about how Torrey Smith could be a league winner because he's a shoe in for 120 targets in the Chip Kelly offense for the 49ers. Dumb. Uh, this is a family show, stuff like that. Anyways, let's keep moving on to the AFC East because we have 25 minutes. Oh, Dalton Schultz, tight end six, perfect spot for him. He is the tight end six. He's not elite. He's not the blob. He's what I put as the precipice when I was making my, uh, my tears. Uh, he is right there in the middle. I agree. I have him at tight end six as well. It feels almost consensus. Mike, where do you have him? I have him, yeah, uh, five or six. Is... Okay. Oh, you hate you hate Kyle Pitts, though. You're low on Kyle Pitts, so that would be... I, I have Pitts at eight. This guy hates yeah. Kyle Pitts. Get him out. He thinks, that he, is, he thinks that he is the Pitts, and I realize we already talked about the AFC East, but we need to talk about the New York Giants. Or do we? Daniel Jones, don't do it. Yeah, I have him quarterback 25, so no. Ooh, Walker, higher on Daniel Jones in the consensus. Uh, he is quarterback 26. Oh, great. Here's here's my thought. Here's my thought process. Here here's my thought process. They have Brian Dable there. Yep. Okay. Brian Dable fixed Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a unicorn and had one of the most unique turnarounds in NFL history. Brian Dable will not fix Daniel Jones. No. He's he's broken. Daniel Jones is bad. The only reason why I even had him at 25 is because he runs some. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. Don't do this to yourself. I have him at 30. And, the, and that's behind uh, – he's the last, like, 17-game starter. Hmm. And there's yeah, guys I, who aren't necessarily 17-game starters ahead of him. So I have him ahead of, like, Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson. See, I have Baker ahead of him. But um, anyways, don't do it. Uh, if you draft a quarterback from uh, MetLife, you effed up. All right. Um, Saquon Barkley, RB14, 301. Wrong. <laughs> All right, Walker, make the case. RB5, baby. Let's go. Saquon Barkley. He's been a top five running back every time he's been healthy in his career. He's as healthy as he's been in three seasons. He is with the best offensive mind of his career in Dable, who I think will find creative ways to get in the ball because he is the best player on the offense. Um, I I just I I believe in the talent. I believe he's going to be healthy and I believe he's going to be used in a way that accentuates his talents. So I have the utmost confidence in him. He's my, my guy at running back this year. Uh, Mike, do you have a different case for Saquon? No, I think me and our uh, Walker and I are exactly the same. like exactly Let's the go. same about Saquon Barkley. I, I, I this is going to be the year that he, I don't think he'll do rookie season numbers, but he's going to come close. Uh, and at being a three, one, I mean, if, if Saquon Barkley is there at three, at the first pick of the third round, 
I'm, I'm going to be like speedy. I'm going to be the flash. And I'm just going to be running up to that draft board right in Saquon Barkley. 301 is ridiculous. Also, Mike, if you sprint up to the podium at 301, you will, I, no offense, I think you will look a lot like when Daniel Jones is trying to run for that touchdown. You're stumbling over your own feet, oh, going face hell? first. 100% and, I'm going to trip and fall. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to trip and fall. I'm going to smack my head against that draft board. The draft board's going to come falling down on me. Everybody, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I've been there before. Yeah. You've been there? <laughs> so I have Saquon 7, so I guess I hate Saquon Barkley. Oh, uh, no. I'm gl- I'm just glad you have him higher than whatever he's 13 15? drafted. Well, here's the here's I will play devil's advocate really quick. Uh, the Giants are going to be terrible. They will not be a top half offense. There will not be a top three quarters offense, probably. But I don't care because Saquon Barkley is going to be the entire offense. Yes. Yeah, like I mean, you, you can the make that argument player on this offense is Kadarius Tony, who yeah. is good, but not a guy that you focus on getting the ball consistently. Exactly. It's it. You know, it's. um. It's like uh, trying to build your offense around LaVisca Chenault, but a better version of LaVisca Chenault. It's like that profile doesn't work to be the focus of the offense. It works when it's Debo Samuel and he's an otherworldly talent. Right, but Kadarius Tony's not that. Saquon Barkley's the otherworldly talent in this Exactly. Offense. So I have him seven. Um, I have Najee ahead of him, but I, I he might end up six for me. Uh, but honestly, I might just flip-flop Najee and Alvin Kamara. I'm not sure. But not, I have Najee, Saquon, Kamara, and Mixon in a group together. So Yeah, I have... Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I have Eckler, Barkley, Cook, Kamara, Mixon, Harris. Oh, so your group is just, like, bigger. Yeah, that's four, th- four through nine. That's yeah. my grouping. Yeah, I just have a line between uh, five and six, between Aaron Jones sure. and Najee. So. Um, all right, we're, we're all in agreement. Uh I'm glad I redid a lot of my rankings because I th- I had Saquon Barkley lower because of projections. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And I moved him up. So I'm glad we, we don't go. have an argument. Let's go. All right. Uh, uh, wide receivers. Uh, let's ignore Kenny Galladay. Any, any objections? I'm not I, interested. I, I'm going to object. I, I, I think Daniel Jones is going to be better than what we think. I think Daniel Jones finishes as a QB 18 this year. And if, Daniel Jones can pull that off. That means Kenny Galladay is going to be the guy that's going to get that amount of passes and he's going to be that player. So, well, can I push back against that and say that we're living in a world where Kadarius Tony and Saquon Barkley could have like 48% of his targets. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> and to be really Kadarius, it's not going to be Kadarius Tony. It's going to be Wondell Robinson. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of Wandale Robinson. Huh? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I kind of like Wandale as a player, but I think Tony showed enough last year to get at least the first crack at being the, sure. the top guy there. He should. I'm I'm not a fan of Wandale Robinson on this team because he is the second most talented player with his skill set on this roster. And, and the smaller version of Kadarius Tony. He is smaller, yeah, for sure. I, I think that the talent level is very similar, but it's just a bad situation for Robinson to be coming into, in my opinion. Okay, how about this? Uh, it's round uh, 15. It's your last pick. Uh, you reached on the Los Angeles Rams defense and Justin Tucker, so you're all set there. Um, your last pick, both Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay are on the board. Who you're taking? Tony. 
Call it it. Okay. I don't think you should be taking any of these players before then. Uh, I I like Darius Tony. I, I think he's good. So I have Tony he's at wide receiver. He's good. Yeah. I have Tony at wide receiver 39. I mean, I still don't think he's a top 36 guy, uh-huh. but I, I think he's a little better than what's his ADP right now? Uh, 113 or 1005. Wide receiver what? Uh, 48. Yeah. So he's better than that. Yeah, I, I think he's a he's closer to top thirty six than than you know barely top fifty. Mm-hmm. But I, again, he he's a guy who will have a few boom weeks that are really helpful, and he'll be pretty inconsistent. Other than that, actually, I'm looking at ADP, and I'm gonna take back what I'm saying about don't take him before the fifteenth round because Jahan Dotson has around fourteen ADP. Yeah, and you should definitely be taking Jahan Dotson. Way before Jahan Dotson. I mean, I don't like Kenny Galladay this year, and you should be taking Kenny Galladay before Jahan Dotson. Eh, Okay, so there you go. Um, All right, let's get into the nitty-gritty with Daniel Bellinger. Uh, Don't do it. All right. Goodbye. We got two more more teams in 15 minutes. I think we can do it. Uh, Jalen Hurts, QB7, off the board. (laughs) (laughs) Mike thinks he sucks. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to get oppositionally defiant. Number one quarterback upside. Let's go. Let's do it. He doesn't actually have that. Um, saying, what year? 1958? Like, what year? I would love to see a Jalen Hurts or a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes, one of these dual threat hyper-athletic quarterbacks, transported back to 1958 when, like, uh, you know, your nose tackle was a radiator salesman in the offseason. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And also your nose tackle is about 240 pounds. Your, yeah. Your nose, your nose tackle is smaller than Kadarius Tony. <laughs> <laughs> your nose tackle today would be a, uh, a fullback. Yeah. Just one. I did it one time. I, I, uh, I went back and I looked at like, a um, uh, all pro team, not all pro, uh, pro bowl teams. Yeah. And I just looked at the weights of the line. And I was like, good God. Yeah. Like 240, right? 260. Yeah. <laughs> Little guys, little guys. Um, Jalen Hurts, dual threat. Um, we, we've we talked Jalen Hurts to death. That's true. We have. We've talked Jalen Hurts to death. We're not going to say anything new. Let's just say where we have him ranked. I have him five. Walker has him six because he hates Jalen Hurts. I, I think Jalen Hurts is okay, but good for fantasy. Mike, where do you have him? Let me scroll down. Scroll, 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 Keep scroll, scrolling. scroll, Keep scroll, scrolling. scroll, scroll, Keep scroll. Scrolling. Yeah, like 13 or something like that. I forget. Yes. QB 14. All right, let's play the game. Jalen Hurts or Teddy Bridgewater, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) I might have to go to Bridgewater this time. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, yeah, Um, we've we've talked Jalen Hurts to death. We're not going to belabor the point. Let's talk about Miles Sanders, uh, RB 27, 75 ADP. That's 703 in a 12-team league. Um, I mean, I... I don't know. Walker, talk no. to me about Miles Sanders. He's not exciting. I mean, it, the upside that, is just not really there. I mean, that noise is the official noise of of Miles, uh, Miles Sanders. Sanders. Yeah, uh, you're just like, ah, yeah. yes, uh, yeah. So he's. I have him at 32. Um, I I like him as a football player, mm-hmm. but I just don't think that it's kind of the same thing as Damian Harris. It's just a it's a between the twenties role. He's not going to catch passes. He's not going to, he'll run for more than the zero touchdowns he had last year, but I wouldn't expect more than maybe four or five. 
Um, you know, it's yeah, it's it's Devin Singletary, Damian Harris disease where like these guys just don't have a whole lot of upside. Like if they have a good season, they'll finish as running back 23. Mm-hmm. And if they have a bad season, they'll finish as running back 37. And it's just it's usage. It's just not that helpful. Yeah. And and because of the way that they are likely to use Miles Sanders, I'm not going to draft Miles Sanders. And do you know where I got that advice from? Um, Miles Sanders said this. <laughs> Miles Sanders said they're going to split up the touches so much. And he said specifically, do not draft me in fantasy. Dang. Well, I will listen to Miles Sanders and not draft him in fantasy then. I yeah. think we all like Miles Sanders, the player, but whatever yes. Nick Sirianni is doing with the Eagles running backs is a mess. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, you said you liked Miles Sanders earlier. Is it you like the player or you like drafting him? I, I think around wide receiver, oh, wide receiver. I'm catching your your wide receiver quarter. My disease where everybody's a wide receiver. Or a yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, so he's played in 24 games the last two seasons. He averages two catches per game in those last two seasons. He, he caught 50 passes in his rookie years, caught 54 in the next two. Uh, he's told he scored a total of six touchdowns in two seasons. Um, but I don't know. I, one last chance, maybe. I, the more I look at these numbers, the worse is just like 30 might be too high. He might be like running back 45, especially – when you have Jalen Hurts, who's going to be running all over the place, and then now you add Tyreek Hill in the situation. And, Tyreek Hill? A.J. Uh, Brown. A.J. Brown, sorry. Thank you about that. Um, yeah, A.J. Brown in the situation. and I'm, I swear to God, I'm going to screw these Miami Dolphins and Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to switch them all year. Um, but, yeah, A.J. Brown, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, his, his, his usage is not commensurate with his talent. I say it all the right. time. Yards per attempt is not a – useful measure when you get down to the nitty gritty of it but three years in 480 rush attempts in he has a yards per carry over five yeah i mean it's great but he's not doing anything with it but he's he only has 480 rush attempts in three years that's also a problem yeah right him and Clyde or Tiller need to get out of their um respective teams and go somewhere where they're utilized to their talents honestly just flip them that would be better. That Since actually he, would be better. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. oh, if, no. if Hurts can yeah. dump the ball off. Sanders wouldn't work in Kansas City. Why not? Why not? I don't, I don't, I don't because I, I think he caught passes his first year out of necessity, not because he's any good at it. Oh, oh I know why. Because Walker's like, no, because that's going to take away from Isaiah Pacheco. No, well, I actually wasn't thinking about that. But now that you say that, yeah, I also. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kenny Gainwell. Um, oh, no, thank you, Mike. No, 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 no. Yeah, we talked about this already this episode. Right. We talked about game well. So um, let's talk about A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. A.J. Brown, wide receiver 12, 305 off the board. Devonta Smith, wide receiver 37, 712 off the board. Mentioned earlier in the episode, he's dealing with a groin issue right now. Um, Mike, do you want any of these wide receivers at ADP? No. Walker, do you want either of these wide receivers at ADP? Yeah, I'll take Devontae Smith around. I have him at 34, so I'll I'll take Smith slightly above ADP, sure. Okay, I want one of you to explain this to me. A.J. Brown has not been able to be a wide receiver one on a team that had only A.J. Brown in the passing game and passed the ball 
more than Jalen Hurts does. Yep. Why now in a team that is going to pass the ball less than the Texans or the Titans did and has to split those passes three ways, would AJ Brown be a number one wide receiver? And it's not that the Titans were bad. They were the number one team in the AFC last year going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think A.J. Brown will do well this season because he's A.J. Brown. It doesn't really matter who his quarterback is. He's going to be a beast. But, like, I just don't see him getting the volume in this offense to be a top 12 guy. It's volume. That's the only argument against him, yeah. but it's a strong one. Well, right. like him and Jalen Hurts throwing him the ball. Get out of here. <laughs> Mike, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. You got to go, man. You're fired. You, you can't be doing this. You can't be saying things like Jalen Hurts isn't a good passer. Yeah, edit you that out. You can't too. be correct. It's not allowed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, AJ Brown as a number one wide receiver. That's that's a that's a fool's that's that's a fool's errand. Don't do it. Take Michael Pittman instead. Yeah, correct. definitely take Michael Pittman instead. All right, let's play the game. Play the game. Play the game. Uh, AJ Brown or Michael Pittman. Play. Pittman. <laughs> Uh, AJ Brown or T Higgins? Higgins. Uh, AJ Brown or Higgins, correct. Uh, AJ Brown or Jalen Waddle? Brown. Yeah, Brown. AJ Brown or Michael Thomas? Brown. Brown. AJ Brown or DJ Moore? Brown. Brown. AJ Brown or Keenan Allen? Allen. All right. So he is wide receiver 13, more or less. Okay. Uh, not a wide receiver one, technically. Uh, Dallas Goddard, tight end eight, six eleven off the board. Um, he is going to finish as the number one tight end because he is my Scott Fishbowl tight end. So that's what's going to happen. No, I mean he's he's upper blob. He's There's, good. He's good. There's functionally not a lot of difference in terms of like where he's likely to end up between him and like T.J. Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, and maybe Schultz. Uh, I think Schultz will. I think. I have I mean, Schultz through Ertz in a tier, but I have Schultz as the top guy in that tier. Yeah, that that's where I paused because I th- I think Schultz has a. I think there'll be a gap. Sure. But it could, I, the gap could that. be smaller. Yeah. So, I mean, I have I have Goddard at seven. I have him above Hawkinson. Um, I, I I think that volume will be average, but he'll be very good with that volume, and, and yeah. I I like that slightly above Hawkinson, who will be okay with a little bit more volume. I, and I'm worried personally about Hawkinson's volume, too. So that's a thing that differentiates it for me because, um, you know, we've talked about it, the, you know, between DeAndre Swift, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson, one guy's getting like 120 targets, one guy's getting 100, one guy's getting like 80. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that that 100 is that 100 or that 80 is going to go to Hawkinson between I those. Think, I think the 100 goes to Hawkinson. Yeah, and then the 120 to Amon Ra. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's why I worry a little bit about Hawkinson in the volume because Schultz is getting an easy 120. Goddard could get 120. Pretty eh, easily. I don't think Goddard could get 120, but. Oh, I forgot AJ Brown's there now. I was like, he he, yeah. was, he was on that pace last year, but yeah. Um. So it's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I think Goddard and Hawkinson get pretty similar target shares. It's just I think Goddard's a better football player, so I'll rank him slightly ahead. Okay, Mike, what are your thoughts on Dallas Goddard? Um, I'm avoiding all tight ends in the first eight that we have. Um, I'm avoiding all tight ends. Yeah, it is Schultz. I, that's the only guy that I want in this okay. top eight. So 
Yeah. No, that's fair. That's entirely fair. All right, let's talk about the Washington uh, Washington the uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, that's right. I said the joke that I wrote in the notes, folks. Let's go. Um, Carson Wentz, QB 25, uh, 14, 12. I think QB 25 is low, but in a one quarterback league, I'm not interested. Exactly. That's correct. Yep. I have him at 22. Yeah, he's I like going he's to be like 16 or 17. 16, 18 is good. 25 yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's too low. That's everybody getting mad at Carson Wentz and the uh, the Colts throwing him under the bus. Um, too many weapons there for him to finish at QB 25 and nobody's coming for the job. Even Taylor Heineke was like, yeah, this he's like, you pay a guy 20, 30 million dollars a year to be your quarterback. That's going to be your starting quarterback. I have no chance at this job. So even yeah. even Heineke is saying this. Um, he said, my job is to be the backup, which is fine. I'm getting paid a lot of money to do that. Um Antonio Gibson, RB20, J.D. McKissick, RB49. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 412, J.D. McKissick, 1311. We're all in the same boat with J.D. McKissick. He's a he's a, he's a a pass-catching running back. He's going to have value for that in PPR. He's cheap. You can go get him at the end of your drafts, right? Yeah, I mean, RB49 is ridiculous. Yeah, um, that's I have, him at, I have him at 39. Mm-hmm. McKissick would probably be a top 36 guy for me if he had a quarterback who knew how to throw to running backs but Wentz isn't that guy. So McKissick is still a value, but he's not quite as much of a value as he could have been. Um, Gibson's going right around where he should. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts on Antonio Gibson at RB20? I'm worried about Brian Robinson stealing touchdowns away from him. Always worried about dating McKissick stealing touchdowns away from him. I'm worried about McKissick uh, stealing receptions away from Antonio Gibson. So a guy that should be in the top 13, 12 to 13 is – 20 to 23 to me because of those reasons yeah he's hemmed in and that's the problem but here's the thing uh, if you take a guy at rb20 and he finishes at rb20 it's not the end of the world no um, it's fine yeah, yeah it's fine he's getting a lot of he if if things go like it went last year he's going to get a lot of carries granted they drafted Ryder robinson what the third yeah late third late third so he'll get his touches but Everybody has a running back that gets touches, too. And the thing that really concerns me is the J.D. McKissick targets. I am no longer concerned about Curtis Samuel. The man cannot stay healthy. Yep. Um, let's talk about wide receivers. Jahan Dotson. No. Uh, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, 62 for me. So not really interested. Walker, higher than consensus on Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, 65. I'll, that's fine. Yep. Mike, your thoughts on Jahan Dotson? Not the player. He was a first-round pick. We all understand that. It yeah, was weird, though. I was surprised. That was, he was a second-round pick for me. It was um, weird. It was weird. Uh, I, if you want a rookie wide receiver late in your draft, Jahan Dotson's fine. But, you know, outside of that, no. Um, as far as Terry McLaurin goes, I really like Terry McLaurin this year. I think he's going to finish in the top 10 um, of wide receivers this year. So, wow. Uh, wow. I I I do not. I'm not confident in McLaurin. I, I I think that he's. I honestly think he's overrated. I I and he he doesn't really produce consistently as a top 15 guy. I mean I I know Wentz likes to pepper his top target, but he's also really inaccurate in doing so. I have him at 23. Ooh, so we're we're far different. I have him anywhere between 10 and 13. So yeah. Yeah, and I closed my ranks. I'm closer to Walker than Mike, though. Um, yeah, Terry McLaurin has finished inside the top 20 once, and it was 20. Yeah. So, so uh, 
I, I, I really like Terry McLaurin, the player. I don't want anybody to get me wrong there. I think he's a good player, but I don't know what it's he's like, going to, to who do. Who quarterback, though, right? He had Dwayne Haskins, and then he had Tyler Hanneke. Um, So neither of these Alex guys Smith. can throw. Alex Smith. Any of those guys can uh, maximize his talent. Um, you know, so. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can see the argument for McLaurin. It's just not one I'd make. Okay, fair enough. Um, Logan Thomas uh, was once a volume-based guy. Uh, no longer that because who's there, Walker? John Bates, baby. <laughs> My guy. Walker loves John Bates. Yeah, I have Logan Thomas tight end 25 because I don't think he's going to get much volume, and I think Bates eats into what he gets anyway. So, no thanks. All right, Mike, anything else about Logan Thomas? No, I think Walker's correct. Bates is a younger Logan Thomas. So why should they go with Logan Thomas when you have a younger Logan Thomas? And an injured – no, did he get injured last year? I can't remember. I think he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. But, okay. yeah, I like Bates. Perfect. That's it. That'll do it. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Um, if you want to check out our draft kit, it's 7 bucks to footballabsurdity at gmail.com, or you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity for $3 a month. For Mike and Walker, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a good one. Bye. Bye.